Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer booking at Billy Bones A Paolo Gigano West Ham United We celebrate our victories We stick together in defeat Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Um, it is season ten, episode twenty. Uh, the old gang is back in town. No booches tonight, um, but we've got uh, Cunning Town Len Hello. back again. Where are you? What are you doing? I'm in the living room stroke studio stroke workshop doing a podcast with you and being a spare. Um, and also we've got uh, Nigel back. Where are you and what are you doing? Nigel's got a phone He's, he's muted himself, so... Yeah, I've I've got someone calling me oh, as well, which is very. I'm in the shed. Hey, there you go. Oh, we got that guy out there. Shedman, Shedman, Shedman. Anyway, that that's a slightly unprofessional start, uh, especially as we've got music to start, and it didn't start, and then you went, "I's oh, muted himself," and I thought, "Oh bollocks, I had yeah. as well." Yeah, so uh, we've got a special guest tonight. Um, we've got Andy from Hammers United, and he's not just coming in to talk about Hammers United. He's going to join in with the whole podcast. You do, you do know these last three hours, don't you, Andy? Did I tell you that? <laughs> I, I was aware. But yeah, yeah, I was wondering how long you had. To yeah, no, we, we're, it's not going to be a three hour tonight. Famous last words. Right, Andy, for those who don't know, introduce yourself. You know, West Ham fan but also uh, what your role is on Hammers United. Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of introducing myself, that's that's what I what I am, I say, or who I am. It, yeah, I'm Andy and I support West Ham. And to be honest, that's that's pretty much it, mate. Um, I've got... Are you an in-towner or an out-towner? Oh, well, <laughs> you know what? I was. I, I thought you might ask me tonight where I'm from. Um, and I don't actually know. I don't know how you answer that question. How do you answer where you're from? What's the... Uh, what, what's it's the state of mind, Andy. That's first and foremost. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Do you feel like you're a tanner or do you feel like you're an out-of-towner? Well, the thing is, I've lived in so many different places, I just don't know what to say. Where was uh, your born? I was born in Dagenham, 
So there's oh, the uh, there's the West Ham connection. The grey area. You see, I'm calling that town, but West I don't. Six. Yeah, it might be, but you know, as where was you brought up? Grew up in Uxbridge. Oh fuck it, he's gone. <laughs> and most of us are out of town. There's four postcodes for you to be in town, according to some made-up stuff by Nigel, by the way. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about it. It means yeah, nothing it means in the nothing. scheme of things. Yeah, we've got a new podcast out of it. Don't knock it. Yeah. <laughs> I figure it out, to be honest. So why are you a West Ham fan? Is it, is it a family thing? Is it a glory hunting thing? Uh, yeah, it's a glory hunting thing, mate. When I was at one. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, it's place of birth, as simple as that. So, I mean, I guess I could have been a Dagenham Redbridge fan. Um but when I was uh, when I was a kid, I just I asked my dad who should I support, and he said you've got to support your local team. And I said, well, who's that? And he said, well, you were born in Dagenham, so you've got a choice: you can support West Ham or you can support Dagenham and Redbridge. I mean, credit to my dad; he's a, he's a Coventry fan, and him and all his family. Country, uh-huh. um, and my mum's family are all from Essex, so he moved down he moved down to Dagenham to um, to, to to get to, to be together with my mum, and he he didn't he didn't ask me to support Coventry. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm owned sometimes about supporting West Ham, but I could be even worse off again. So, first generation? Yeah, absolutely. And I've, um, I've, got, I've got a little one on the way myself, actually. And uh, I, I live near Watford now, so I'm kind of thinking to myself, should I, um, should I do the same as my dad did, or should I, should I make him support West Ham? Oh, you must make him support West Ham. I didn't give my son any choice. I have so. to say, that's pretty much what I've decided, but... Uh, yeah. It's, it's tricky supporting a club where um, where you don't live. You know, I mean, I know, I know. These days in football, a lot of people don't live near the. You I know, wouldn't know. They support, but well, you do. You live in Essex now, Nigel. Be quiet. <laughs> but it's um like did you know when I was at school and um, you know in Uxbridge and then in in Watford, um, it wasn't as if I could just get a load of West Ham mates together and go for the game with them. You know, so I, I kind of. Yeah. Um, if I did, if I did make my son support Watford, then at least he would have friends uh, from school to go to the game with. But I don't know if I want to sign him up for a lifetime of being a Watford fan. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. We'll, we'll talk to you more later about Hammers United. But let's let's talk. It is a football podcast, and we here are here to talk about football. Obviously, we played uh, Manchester United over the weekend. Len, let's start with yeah. you. Uh, what, did you. What did you think of the game? I assume you no, watched you it. No, I didn't watch it, which is why you're starting with me. Because <laughs> my, my um, streaming box had an issue. And it stopped as Hilaire had the shirt pull in the box. And it froze. And like, it was VAR in its purest form. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good. If I reboot the... Um, my um, box, I'm going to come back to a penalty or we're going to be one up. It was nil-nil. Well, it didn't come back because it was uploading because I, I bought TalkSport on. Uh, no whiff of a penalty at all. And I didn't see any of the game after that. So I saw the first 15 minutes and that was it. So I'm a so bit of a scare. What's the score to you? Is it still... Well, I, heard um... we lost. I was listening to the um, commentary on sport. Uh, talk sport, which is probably Andy's favourite station. <laughs> um, that's a joke, by the way. Um, and uh, um, Dean Ashton was commentating, and in the second half, he was creaming his pants over Man United. 
Blimey. Was he? Yeah, it was. I don't suppose many people bothered listening to it, you know, with it being on TV. Spoiler, we lost 3-1 at the end. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Game yeah. of two hours. I didn't bother, but I didn't even see the goals or anything, so... Let's, <laughs> let's move over to someone who <laughs> watched the game. What, what, what happened up until when your... What, what minute was it, your, your stream About froze? Quarter of an hour, I think. Yeah, you, need, you need to get a better streaming box. No, you need to talk it, to Woody, mate. No, it's nothing wrong with the... the, the, the the, the streaming box, I was watching it legally. But, uh, oh, yeah. really? Um, but it froze, and then I started it up and I rebooted. And I, I had been uh, taking painkillers all day because I had the trap nerve in my back. And, um, you know, after some opiates, you can't be asked to do anything. And uh, <laughs> I was watching the, 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 the progress bar go across the screen, and I just, you know, drifted off somewhere, listened to it on the radio. And uh, that was oh. that. I was all right. I was anyway, in a good place. Thanks for coming That's on all right. this week. Well, I'll um, chip in with the cheese questions later. All right, okay, cheese questions later. Um, Nigel. Yeah. Did you watch the game? Or were you there? Did you get a ticket? No, I wasn't as lucky as others. Uh, so, no, I didn't get a ticket. But uh, hey-ho, you only get one game in it. So those poor people, they may have been first, but they got the watchers lose. So, fingers crossed for the um, Palace game for you, then. What, do we got Palace or Brighton coming up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, to, to game of two halves. Um, what, what did you think? Um, I don't think it was a game you know, of two halves, start... because even at the start of the second really? half, I thought we were the better team. They came alive for the last 25 minutes. Yeah. But that that's what Manchester United do, you know? We're one up. We didn't take our chances in the first half. We dominated the first half. They came alive after maybe, and we'll talk about the incident with with the goal um, that shouldn't have been because because it went out of play. Um, but that changed their fortunes, and they were rampant afterwards and, and deserved the win. You know, that's what Man United do. They come yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, we, we had plenty of opportunities in the first half and at the start of the second half, which if we'd have took them, we should have been two to three goals clear before um, they brought on their subs. What it, it all hinged. They bring on Fernandez, and then we've seen what he could have done. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they were two nil down to Southampton away, and got it back to win three two. I said last week they were on a roll. Did one, I think, eight away games on a trot in the Premier League. Obviously, now it's nine. But the, the the difference in the two teams is that Man United, where their players, they have got, they, they've spent a lot of money buying world class players or people that can turn it on. Even if they turn it on for ten minutes out of ninety, yeah. they can do what they did to us because literally that's what they did. Man United turned up for fifteen minutes. They didn't look though very world class in the first half, though, did they? They looked pretty. Poor. No, yeah, they were for the yeah, taking. They, they and we didn't unorganised. We were on the front foot. Um, where before, I mean, the we over in front of. Yeah, goal. I mean, the You've got, got four was hitting the he's post got to do better than, with, with that. I, I, it, yeah. a, um, a clinical striker won't even take it round the keeper. He took it round the keeper, I think, to try and make sure. He's got an empty net yeah. to roll it in. Where if you look at a lot of the better strikers, they'll hit it as the keeper's coming out towards them. 
Yeah. So that shows a lack of, of, of confidence there for me with Haller in his own head and in his own ability. Allaire. Yeah. Right. Um, we then move into the second half. As I say, Solskjaer brings on, you know, uh, if if you look at the forward line that they finished with, where they had Mason Greenwood, they bring on Rashford, Fernandez. They've got Paul Pogba. They brought on Wan Matter again. You know, five players there that that, have, that can really hurt you. They're in, like the best teams in the world, and yeah. it just showed you. I thought their goal was coming. I'm not sure that the first their first goal changed the game. That's what David yeah, Moyes says. For know, me, the ball went yeah, over yeah, him. Up, let me finish here. Yeah. You keep interrupting like you did them. last week. Like I tell Go you to behave. Yeah. That, that I think they would have got a, a goal. I don't think we would have kept a clean sheet and kept them out. But obviously, it's unfortunate in that the first goal is contentious. It brings back into play VAR. For me, I blame VAR because... If we didn't have VAR, I'm not saying, right, listen to me. Yeah? If we didn't have VAR, the linesman would have been looking to see if the ball was in play. Yeah. Nah. No. It, the, his job is not to look over his head. That's no, not his job. So his job is to look along the line. Yeah. Time after time, year after year, hold up. year after year, yeah, linesman's flagged them, them kicks for throw ins. They never missed them. The reason why he's missed it now is because they've got VAR on their back and they're so preoccupied that a linesman's job that half of his work taken away from him from the start. To be fair to you, Aaron Cresswell uh, spoke today and said that he spoke to the linesman, go, what's going on, Lino? And he said, don't worry, VAR will sort it saying. out if, there's been, if it went right. out of play. So to, to back it up, but, but, but there is no, no that's the thing. Said, there is no camera to look no, at the line. Right. So see this is where yeah. it, it's become an anomaly. And this is what I'm saying is when I say is pre-VAR, and why I blame VAR is because we didn't have VAR, the linesman would have been doing the linesman job that they'd done for 100-odd years, and he would have flagged it for a throw. But because we've got VAR now, it's undermining linesmen. It's took half their job away. They don't know what they're doing. It was a tough call, though, wasn't it? It was. A, it would be a tough call to the linesman whether that was no, out of place. No, tough call, no, even I'm to, sorry, because it would have gone TV. past him. All he had to do was look up to see the ball had gone out. For the linesman, and if you look at his position, he's bang on the line. He's not stepped back from it. He's bang on the line. It would have gone up and over and back round. Oh, I don't know why VAR decided it was valid. No, but VAR hasn't got there is none that that technology well, well, that well, was well, brought in. The they managed to draw oh, a line, no, didn't but they? The definitive <laughs> way of doing it, VAR hasn't got that ability. That's been put into like a Hawkeye program that that needs a bit more work to, and that VAR hasn't got the option of doing. All right, but but they finished. Just take that goal aside. Yeah. Those 20 minutes, they, they showed their class. And as you say, they brought on people, uh, Rashford, Pop, um No, they brought Rashford on, on. They brought Fernandez on. They were the two yeah. that brought on that sort of changed the game. And then they brought Wan Matter on. And the ball for the third goal from Wan, uh, from Wan Matter was, was a world-class pass. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mason Greenwood, I think, went through. He could have made it 4-1. Yeah. You know, so... Man, we were third briefly. 
Uh, at half time, we were third. We were in Champions League. No, we Just weren't. Briefly. That doesn't happen, Sean. It doesn't, Sean. Live, mate, I'll tell you. Yeah. Live, live tables. We're going to come down. I'm just giving you a stat attack. Man United, even though we were at home, had 61%, meaning they had 39%. Oh, sorry, we had 39% of possession. We had 19 shots, six on target. They had 15 shots, six on target. So, you know, apart from having more of the possession, uh, we had more shots and we had the same amount on target. So we're just more clinical. Um, maybe their class came through. Andy, were you one of the lucky ones with a golden ticket? Did you Did you get to go to the no, game? No, I wasn't. Um, I was watching it on my sofa. I, th- I thought we played quite well. Um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's kind of nice to be um, at this stage of the season, after all the fixtures that we've had, to be sitting here saying that we're disappointed to be beaten by Man United. I don't think... Um, you know, I think at the start of the season, if we'd have uh, if we'd have got together and said, right, what position are we going to be in at the end of the Man United game? I don't think anyone would have said, well, we'll be having a discussion about the fact that we're disappointed that we've dropped to seventh place. Um, so I think it, I think it's quite nice for us to be in that position. I'm quite enjoying watching us play. I quite enjoyed that. I mean, I know it was you know it was quite an open game, but I quite enjoyed the game. Um, and I thought we played well. We just didn't we didn't take our chances. And I guess you, you guys have kind of summed it up. It was a game of of two halves or two thirds and a third, if you like. And um, I agree with the point about VAR. Like the, the, you know, the linesman's job should be, in and out of play should be his job. Um, and also VAR doesn't have the capability to, to, to check in and out of play. So I'm not quite sure why the linesman was assuming that VAR would clear it up. Um, I just think, oh, I don't know, uh, if it was down to me, I'd do away with VAR altogether. Where, where were you at half time, Andy? Did you think, come on, we can do this? We, we told we you in his be... living room. Were you not listening? Yeah. Right. Where were you? Where? What was your state of mind? Did you think, come on, we can we can go on and win this? Or did you think, uh, I'm not going to peak too early like I did yeah. and, and uh, Man United will come back? Um, I think uh, my feeling was I think we should have taken a couple of those chances in the first half, to be honest. It was one where you, where you felt, oh, this is probably going to come back and, um, and bite us. But... Uh, and when you see Fernandez coming on, like he's classed, you know. I think he just, um, you just, you just saw his, his class in the second half and how he can, how he can create chances and kind of and, and almost turn a game on his own. Um, but like I say, I thought overall we played well, and I think overall we have been playing well, and we've taken. I know this is not your direct question about the Man United game, but I've been really impressed with how we've played in general and some of the um, some of the teams that we've taken points off that you never would have thought we would have done. Mm-hmm. Was there a protest by Hammers United before the game? Yeah, there was. Um, the same protest that we've been running um, before all the, the, the home and away games this season, which is um, essentially one where we're um, where we're limited by the uh, by the restrictions that are in place at the minute. So that would be currently the rule of six. Um, so there was a, a few bodies outside the uh, outside the ground with the um, with the usual flags. And I heard, and I don't know if this is true, because sometimes you read stuff on social media, that they've moved you on, um, that they've moved uh, Hamish United on from outside the gates down to um, uh, a little bit further away. Is is that true? Um, I haven't spoken to the to the lads actually since, um, since Saturday. Um, I wasn't there myself, um, but the photos that they took were outside the, um, were outside the main gates where they usually go. Um, all right. If there was, you know, if there was more than six people there, I wouldn't be surprised that um, 
if the police asked them to take up different locations because they may have said, right, okay, you know, you guys are technically here for the same reason as them. And so they could constitute that as being a group, I suppose. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to give a quick injury update and then we're going to talk about Hammers United. Um, So the only news really to talk about this week is um, uh, Mikel Antonio is injured. As you know, he didn't play on Sunday. Um, Was it Saturday? Saturday even. Um, He didn't play on Sunday either. Uh, He's got a new hamstring injury. Um, uh, David Moyes, when accused of did he bring him back too early, said, no, 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 no. This is a fresh one. He got clipped on the back of the um, leg uh, 30 minutes into the Aston Villa game, which sort of asked, well, why did he carry on? Um, I've been told uh, today uh, by a senior source that um, he's, he's missing for the next two games. He's unlikely to come back till Chelsea. So um, we're, we're not going to have him against Leeds. We're not going to have him against Palace. So whatever we've got to do with Alaire or Ben Rama or whatever new formation, we're going to have to do with... Um, without Antonio for at least another two games, should be back for Chelsea. But then again, I think we're all saying let's not rush him because he does seem to have a lot of hamstring problems. Nigel, what would you do if you were Moise? No no, uh, Antonio for, for two games, what would you do? I think having seen... I'd give Haller one more game. I'd, I'd give him the Leeds game. And then... I'd like to see Ben Rama play up front. Just written a blog about that. Funny you should say that. It's exactly what I I wrote. I didn't know that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry we're agreeing so early on the podcast, but I wrote that and said, do what he did with uh, um, Antonio and... Yeah, uh, I did actually say this on Orange United Saturday night. Oh, I don't watch that. Only eight people do. Don't worry about it. Um, So... um, that actually, I'd, if he, Moyes, the fact he, he's done it with Varnatovic, he's done it with Antonio. Um, I think Ben Rama's got the ability to step up to do that. Hmm. Uh, I don't think he's ever had that role playing for Brentford. Um, I'd, no, he no, hasn't. That, I've looked into it for my piece, and he hasn't. He's never been a centre forward. He's no, never done that. So role. it's. I, I think it is possible. I think we expect a lot of him, Ben Rama. He, you know, he looks like he's got the skills, but I don't think he's ever he, played he, in the. He's not played in the Premier League before, and it can take a player. No, but he knows where the goal is. He's got two two assists already. Yeah, but it can so, take a you player, know, you know, four, five, six months to get up to the speed of it to be coming on starting and putting in performance after performance. You say that, but Sue Fowl, I know he's a defender, hit the ground running. Yeah, you always get the ones that do, but for every one that does, I can probably point the one that didn't. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Let's move on. Len, stick or twist on Allaire? Who would you put up front against Leeds? Well, I'm assuming Antonio's out, right? He's out, yeah. If you've been listening, he's out for two games. Right. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, but I didn't know if that, you know, I didn't pay you a fiver, so I, I've got no right. No, that one's free. That one's free. Yeah, um, yeah I, but you got to play Haller, haven't you? Well, no, not really. Well, you know, well, you, you, some people are saying give um, um, Ben Rama a go, but 
Or do you, do you maybe play Haller and swap Ben Rama to um, um, take um, Fornells out? Maybe. Because he's got the work rate at the moment, but not really the um, footballing brain I, I, at the I moment. I would actually take Masuaku out and, and put both, bring, have both Alaire and Ben Rama. I don't Rama want to see Ben Rama down the left again. Ever. You Ever. Don't. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'm glad this isn't my job to choose it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. We're good as well. Um, Andy. What would you do? I, it's always hard going last because we've chosen everything else. <laughs> it's, um, Let's be honest, I don't really take much up. So he's, he's still got plenty to work with. Yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting one because it's crunch time for um, for Hallelis, isn't it? If you don't play him now, then uh, it, you're essentially admitting that it, the, the, the whole thing, you know, it's, it's done. You're essentially admitting that that's it. We're, we're never... Wasn't he admitting that last week, though, Andy, when, when he started an injured Antonio instead of Allaire? Wasn't he admitting um, that he's, he's, he's done with with Allaire? How big a message could he send to uh, the, the sulky Frenchman? It uh, depends, depends how injured Antonio was and whether he felt, you know, it depends how much of a calculated gamble that was, doesn't it? And whether he felt that he could he felt he could still get something out of Allaire off the bench or he could protect him for another game yeah. and he could still bring him back in. But... Now it's there's, there's no option. There's no real, there's no other striker. Is there? Let's be honest. It's, it's it. He doesn't play Haller now. Uh, that's it. You know, he's never. He's, it's not. He's basically admitting that it hasn't worked out. So I guess the question is a little bit bigger than um, you know who you play in terms of like wanting to get three points because let's face it, we're not we're not under massive pressure to make sure that we have to go and win the next couple of games. So really, it's a it's a bigger question of is he is he now saying right that's it Haller's done. You know, forget him, or is he? Or is he thinking? No, I reckon I can still get something out of him. Um, God, Watford away was it? Watford away, the first game of uh, last season, possibly. I thought he looked good, and then I, I don't know. I don't know what's happened since then. Um, is it? I mean, is it just a confidence thing? Is it? You know, is he? Is he some? Is he in there somewhere? A good player. Or is it just one of these things where it's never going to work out and we're just banging our head against the brick? I just don't think, I don't think he plays to Moyes' system. I, I think he's just not the type of player. And I was told by a, you know, a very well-known agent at the time, you've been done, you've paid £45 million to... Um, shush! Um, <laughs> saying, you've been done, mate. You know, you've, you've paid £45 million, you've paid well over the odds and he's not going to fit in club. And, and I thought, yeah. You don't know what you're talking Simpy. about. You know, we would shush. Am I right? He's played in a two up front before. Sorry, am I right in saying that he's always played in two up front before? Yeah, yeah, with uh, no Kovac. Is it oh, Kovac? Uh, to be fair, uh, Frankfurt, he was the centre of a three. Still, the point is, he don't play up front on his own, though, does he? No, it well, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of looks like if he had a, if he had, um, I don't know, <laughs> Jermaine Defoe alongside him or something, he might, he might do all right. Um, not Jermaine Defoe now, Jermaine Defoe, you know, twenty years ago. But uh, um, if he is a lost cause, then yeah, you might as well just not play him and, and uh, you know, resign yourself to the fact that you're going to sell him, you know, and, uh, and and get on with putting someone else up there. I suppose. Yeah. I think his problem is that Pellegrini bought him, and. If 
I don't know if you say he's never looked like a player that would fit into a Moyes team, but at the moment, the way Moyes wants West Ham to play, it's not conducive for the way that he plays. I mean, even if you look at his goal against Sheffield United, it came to him by accident. It was like, I can't even bother to run into the box. You ain't going to pass to me. And the ball was deflected to his feet and he just did it. So it wasn't even like you could point that to a goal that they worked on in the yeah. training field. Not the type of goal you imagine Haller scoring, is it? I mean, I'll be honest, I, I haven't watched much of him at, another, at other clubs, but I can't imagine he was banging him in from 30 yards. That's the first goal he's ever scored outside the box. Is it? Right. Okay. Ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, onwards and upwards. We talk. We talk at the end about um, upcoming game against Leeds, but you know, move onwards. We won't. We'd won three on the trot. The chances of winning four on the trot were quite slim, and the heady heights. I, I, I wrote afterwards. It's a bit of a reality check, right? We we thought we we're invincible, and here we go. We're going to go into third place and everything. So that's why I tweeted out the table with third because I knew it wasn't going to last very long, and I wanted to get it out there with us in third place before we we crashed down to earth and and so we did but move on we've got winnable games against Leeds winnable game against Palace um and then we've got Arrow foes Chelsea so we we we'll see how we get on let's talk about Hammers United Andy for people who don't know and uh, about Hammers United can you just talk to us about what it is why it was formed how many members you got and and what your aims are absolutely mate so it's um it's a relatively new group, um, and it was formed with with one simple overarching aim, which was to make things better for for all West Ham fans. Um, um, it's it's evolved, and we've kind of that aim has has, has really um, has really taken on board two kind of sub aims since we've been formed. So when we started out, we were, you know, as you would be as a new group, a really small group. Um, and the very first decision that our members made was that they didn't want us to join the official supporters board or what was at the time the official supporters board. Um, and so as a, as a new independent supporters group, our members tasked us with, with, with one task and one task only really of trying to engage um, in dialogue outside of that independent supporters board. Now, um, we pushed for that for, for a year or so, um, and we wrote to the club and, and, and messaged the club with with uh, concerns of our of our members on behalf of our members. Um, but the standard response was, and you know, this fair, fair play to the club. This was their construct at the time. The standard response was, if you if you want to um, discuss these issues, you need to become part of the um, the official supporters board. So I guess you could say that left us in a little bit of a um, in a position where, you know, we, we couldn't really go much further until we'd either A, agreed to join the official supporters board or B, drop that aim, so so to speak, of um, of uh, creating a, an independent supporters board. Um, we we carried that aim through, actually, for, for almost a year after, um, after we started. So it would have been January 2018, um, when we held our first protest, which I guess is what a lot of people will know us for now, um, we held our first protest, which was a static protest outside the London Stadium. Um, and that protest was actually um, aimed at 
forcing the club to engage in dialogue with an independent supporters group um, outside of the official supporters board. Um, we, off the back of that protest, we, we planned a second protest for, um, it would have been about a month and a half time from that initial one. Um, and events in between that first protest and the second protest um, convinced us that, that we should kind of change our messaging and that we should join, um, I guess you could call it a bit of a movement, I would, I suppose, that was gathering pace at the time, um, which was what, what people now know as, as GSB out kind of, um, I don't know if movement is the right word, but, you know, GSB out. So our second protest was geared around, um, geared around GSB out, and that was when we had um, about 8,500 people turn up and um, and take a stroll from, from some of the old pubs and the old haunts around, uh, around Plasto, down to um, down to outside the stadium. Um, that was back in February, um, and we obviously we had more planned. Um, but then, of course, you know everything changed, um, and since then we've been doing a fair amount of work in the background, both um, trying to nail down a construct for this independent supporters board, which is now looking like it might be a possibility. Um, also, also continue to put the um, to put the club under pressure in terms of calling for new ownership. Um, but you know, another piece of work that we've done a lot of work on in, in the background is um, is what things could look like um, and should look like in in the future, and trying to look a little bit more long term, and and rather than just being a um, or being seen as kind of a, a destructive force, being a little bit more a little bit more constructive. And can you talk about your involvement? Look, I know obviously I, I, a lot is known about Paul Colborne Bubbles, um, you know. Uh, as one of the founders, um, I know I've also spoken to Tross and appeared on one of the KUMB things as well. What, what, who who are um, the committee? What what's the backgrounds? What, what's your role within the committee? I'm just a, I say just I I am a committee member, um, and I guess the the role that I've kind of taken on is something that I've really just. Um, uh, I've, I've found bits of work and, and things that I can go and do, um, and I've just taken the initiative on on certain things and um, and ended up being in, in in certain positions. So I guess I've you know I've ended up on on a fair few kind of um, kind of podcasts and, and those sort of things, and um, ended up. So are you like a spokesman? Well, do you, are you media? What um, we. Are you, have you got a particular portfolio? No, I, I, <laughs> I don't. Um, we we are re, we are going to, I should say, restructure our committee in terms of making some of these roles more official. But what we're waiting for is a time when we can hopefully hold an AGM um, in person. If if we're forced into it, we will do an AGM over Zoom. But we we would like to do an AGM kind of as you would as you would say the old fashioned way, where where anybody can can come and. Um, and have their voice heard and people who can't get onto Zoom or who don't know how to work Zoom or whatever won't be, um, you know, aren't, aren't like restricted from, from taking part in that meeting. And that and that restructuring of the committee would be something that would be up for, um, let's say, at that AGM. So at the minute, I don't have I don't have an official role other than committee member. Um, but, you know, just, just by accident and through initiative, I guess I, I, I do a fair bit. And how many people are on the committee? There's 12 of us. 12. So maybe we can ask you some questions. You, I mean, I should say to listeners, you did say, Andy, before I come on, ask me some difficult questions. So I'm going to ask you some difficult questions. It makes no, it more I think interesting. It's, important, mate. it's more important for the listeners, but also there's, there's, 
you know, there's people out there that want those answers to those questions. And so I think it's important, you know, I think it's important that we are asked those questions. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with three questions. I'm going to hand over to um, um, Nigel and then and then we maybe go backwards and forwards. Uh, Len's going to sit on the fence. So uh, the first question, <laughs> no, right, <I'm> protest, <laughs> <laughs> protest um, you, you know, from the outside, it's, you look like a protest group, right? With one aim, uh, GSB out. And, and, and it almost seems to some people, it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde. You know, some part of the organisation wants to protest and get the owners out. And the other part wants to sit down with the powers that be, including the owners, and have um, dialogue. Aren't the two things in conflict to each other? How do, how do you... How can you be protest but also sit down with the same people you want out? How, how does that work itself out? I think as your um, your first point is really important about how um, Hammers United are perceived. Um, and I agree with your first point that a lot of people would see us as a protest group, would know us for protest um, and would assume that that's, that's kind of, you know, I don't say all cheaply because all is um, all, you know, it does take a fair bit to, to get these things organised, but you know, the, you know the context that I'm saying it in when people would say that's all they see us as is, is a protest group. Um, and I think part of us... Can you be both? Can you be an independent supporters, champion, sitting down with those same people? Because they could be here for 20 years and a protest group that wants those same owners out. Are the two things compatible, I guess, is my challenge. Yeah, you? I mean, I think... Um, so I think, first of all, is, is, is the image thing that you touched upon at the part, which is what people see us as. And I think there is a challenge for us to... Um, and that's why, you know, that's why we want to come on and, and, and have conversations like this is for people to understand that we are an independent supporters association. But then your, your second point about can you um, can you do both? Or can you be an independent supporters association who is in protest? I think that I think that's the crux. And I think um, my personal opinion is that you can. But I think that to, to do that, you've got to be very clear um, what your protest is about and what your conversations with any particular people at the club are about and also what you're trying to achieve. So, uh, you know, we, we, we've come to that point now where um, the possibility of having a conversation with somebody at the club is, is on the horizon. Um, and if we if we achieve that, then we've achieved one of the two things that, that our members have asked us to achieve, which is that we've achieved um, an, a construct to allow dialogue with an independent supporters group but that then brings us to you know the exact um almost juxtaposition i think that you're describing which is that then how do we maintain what our members are asking us to do which is push for new ownership but conduct ourselves within that construct and i think the answer is to to decouple um to decouple the club in the short term from the the vision and the ownership in the long term now what i mean by decouple is um as a football fan, you can't. Um, you, you have you have no option really, other than to support your team and your club. And if you if you feel so inclined to do so, you have no option really, other than to try and help them by you know cheering them on at the football or by engaging them by engaging with them to to, to try and help them become a better, so to speak, business. However. You know, if there are if there are individuals at that club, or if there are things at that club that you don't feel are are, um, are being done correctly, you can't. You know, 
you can't just you can't just walk away um and so it's it's balance it's that balancing act all the time and so i think the clarity that is needed is that at the minute our position as an independent supporters group is that we would like to see new ownership at west ham united however as an independent supporters group we would also like to help our members in any other issues that they might have besides their call for new ownership so if they're saying right okay look um, can you have a discussion about um, how easy it is to take club cash that's been paid back from our season ticket and to convert that club cash into into credit in my bank? That's that's got not, you know that we can't say to them, guys. Do you know what? We're, we're, <laughs> we'll come back to you when we've got new owners. We'll, we'll, we'll the club cash will be resolved when we've got new owners. You know, we're not in protest against ticket office staff. You know, uh, the manager, the players, the. Uh, um, the media team, you know, we're not in protest against those guys. We're, we're, we're simply in protest against three people. And so we believe we can decouple the, the, the club and the owners, so to speak. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on to my second question. That's about the members. So you're claiming uh, 17,000 members. Um, a lot of people would say, you know, how, how do you count them as members when they just have to join a Facebook group? You know, they're, you, you're joining it's, it's a I guess if I was being unfair it's it's like a like on a Facebook group I know you have to give reasons and, and funny enough I actually was interested in what happened on the Facebook group and Paul came back and asked me questions and said you really you really want to be a member and I said well I'm interested to find out what goes on I, no I'm not probably want to be a member because you know my, my my stance on this and therefore it'll be a bit hypocritical for me to join and Paul said well if, you know I'm not you can talk to me if, if you want blah 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 um, it, uh, joining the face group is that members is you know it's in compared to other um, supporters groups across the Premier League um, joining a Facebook group and becoming an active member of it, it are two different things or have I got that wrong well there's there's two answers to that to that question um, the first answer is the technicalities um, which is that when we when we were formed we did set out how um, how people go about becoming members. And one of those is joining through the Facebook page. And the technicalities behind that is it's not, it's not as simple as just liking the page. And, like, and as you've experienced, we do, we do ratify everyone who's join, who is joining and we yeah. turn away as many as we accept because we, we want to make sure that the people who, um, who are joining um, are joining for the right you keep the journalists out, don't you? <laughs> keep the journalists out, Andy. Club spies. No, so uh, so you know the, the first answer to your question is that um, the what you know what quantifies membership uh, or what qualifies membership was was set out in advance, was agreed with the FSA in advance, and that can be done either through um, email on our website or through Facebook. And when we report our numbers to the FSA, we report on two different. Um, uh, through two different platforms if that makes sense um and you can't be a member on both so um we always check every every email and every facebook member against each other so you know if, if we're asking for the for the specifics of of how you become a member and whether it's um uh you know whether it's a rigorous enough pro- process i guess you know we can talk about those specifics but i think the bigger question is whether there's a whether there's a need to to, to scrutinise the process, and and whether there's more of a whether the question is more about um, are we are we doing the are we doing the right thing? Like are we a um, 
you know, are we a reputable group? Are we a kind of a, a trustworthy group? Are we a credible group? And I think, um, I think if we weren't, no matter how many members we had or claimed to have, um, if we weren't reputable and trustworthy and credible, people would soon like tell us, you know, <laughs> we'd soon, we'd soon lose yeah. that overnight. And we, and you know, no matter how many members we have on, on email or Facebook, eight, eight and a half thousand people joined us in, uh, in February. So I guess, you know, even if that is only a, a small section of the entire fan base, it's still a fair amount of people that, that go out of their way to kind of, um, to tell us that we are in some way in, in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, to be devil's advocate, um, Clarence Hugh is, is an associate uh, member of the FSA. Uh, we have been for some time, like like a number of other ones. Now, what we when we allocated uh, how many members we've got, we, we put in like 135,000 because that's how many people have registered on our website. We don't claim they're members <laughs> because that's how many people registered on our website, you know, in all ever to leave comments. But they're there to read the news, not really to become a... a, a, a so numbers do matter, but, but I guess the real challenge to you will be when you bring out this survey and we will talk about your survey later is is looking how many people engage in that survey because that's a real gauge of how many people are really interested in this etc if 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 it's if it's taken part by a very large several thousand you you know that people are interested in it rather than what we found in the past is a complete apathy you know when we're on the supporters board. I'm gonna have one last question before I know Nigel's going to want to come in, and and that is, and this is a question about the other supporters board, which, as you may or may not know, apart from both Nigel and myself being on the previous SAB and, and myself the official supporters board before I resigned, um, before it was disbanded, um, we both were founders of WISA originally, and you know again the last challenge I'll say to you is. Well, there's already a um, a supporters board in in Wissa. Why, why why have you not joined with them? Why can you not join their aims and support them? Why does there have to be two separate supporters boards? Doesn't that confuse uh, the fan base? Well, I don't I don't think there has to be any any set number at any club. I mean, if you look down the um, the list of FSA affiliates, plenty of clubs have more than one supporters board. But I think it's it's more about um, defining what what your aims are and if people people believe in what your aims are and they and they agree with what you're doing then they'll then they'll support you and if they don't they won't and at the time at the time we were formed um I think it would be a fair comment without being disrespectful towards anybody I think it would be a fair comment to say that you know in the time we were formed there was a there was a void at West Ham for um a supporters group who reached out and unified um, enough of the fan base. Let's say now, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick holes in um, in anyone who's done anything before. And there's, there's, you know, there's, there's official groups, there's unofficial groups. Um, there's been protest movements, um, and, and people have stood for different things. But um, I, you know, this this is not my position, but I, I have seen. Um, plenty of people from plenty of different sections of the fan base being uh being quite critical of of quite a lot of those um fractions i don't know if that's too harsh to call them fractions but <laughs> no, no i'm sure 
Nigel will give his view yeah, in a minute. And, and, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of people being be, being critical of, of different um, fractions of the fan base, and I think we we felt there was a void, and I think we felt let's try and be um, a completely open church. Perhaps we haven't achieved that. Perhaps we've been perhaps we've appealed to one type more than another. Perhaps we're too far. Well, that must be my last but, supplementary question. Did you fill a void left by the real West Ham fans that some people claim you did? In in certain respect, I think we did because um, they're, they're um, you know, they were a protest group. OK. And so um, y- you saw how many um, you saw how many members. OK, let's not let's not perhaps use the word members. I know that's contentious with the question that you've asked earlier, but you saw how many followers they accumulated in such a short period of time, um, which told you that there was. Um, there was a void at the at the club for people to unite behind something, and it certainly seemed that behind protest was um, would bring a lot of people together. Now, perhaps we did, in a certain respect, fill that void, but I also think that there was a void for um, for more than just protest, and that's what we've got to be about as a group, and that's why we've tried to um, we've tried to do things in a different way. We've tried to take a more um, uh, slower approach, a staged approach, um, and we're trying, to, you know, we're trying to kind of um, appeal to as as broad a section of the fan base as possible. You'll know that we're opening up our survey to, to every single West Ham fan, and you know, hence the reason why mm-hmm. um, we, we've asked for help from from channels like yourself to try and reach out beyond people who, yeah. who would normally engage with us. And we we just feel if we can um, if we can take our time, if we can always come back. Uh, and be true to, to, to one thing that we set out for, which is um, which was to, to, to make things better for all West Ham fans. Then hopefully we can we can fill more than one void, and, and it doesn't have to be you know Hammers United in the end, or Wooster in the end, or, or Pride of Irons in the end, or uh, you know who kno- who knows where it could end up. Uh, ultimately, a, a United fan base and people pulling in the same direction would be you know would suit everyone. I'd, I'd yeah. like to. To come in here, I, I would say that Hammers United are the only one of these groups that have actually stimulated my imagination. To be honest, the others that you and why is that? Lee? Um, why why I, have they stimulated your imagination? I think people make the difference, and I think it's people like Andy and Tross. When you can see them put the hard work in, and when they come over so well, I think that makes all the difference. It's it's a tough gig to appeal to West Ham fans, and I think. They deserve yeah, a lot of credit for it. <laughs> oh, you know, there's an understatement of the year there, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. All right, Nigel. Sorry, sorry, I probably nicked some of your questions, but sorry, Nigel. Yeah, I'd, I'd try. I mean, I'm, I'm looking here that March the 15th, 2019, Amage United wrote to the club uh, informing of them of who they were. And the first thing it said is we're, we're a non-political group formed to improve things for West Ham supporters. We're not a protest group. Um, a year later, you were in protest mode. Now, for me, as, as someone that signed up to Amazon United early doors, I was surprised to see that move into protest mode, to be fair, so quick. And... For me, Amherst United is a protest group. And where I come at it is, is all I see uh, from different committee members, people going, 
oh, we're protesting. Look at, we're putting photographs up of Amish United flags at protests. And then a different committee member says, oh, we're not a protest group. And every now and again, I'll chipe up and go, no, you are a protest group. And you should either embrace one or the other. You either embrace the protest movement. Because what is the ultimate aim of Amazon United, Andy? Is it to not get GSB out? I think you summed up. Um, I think you summed up our our position as a committee with with your terminology and your opening statement. Because um, I think the terminology you used was was spot on, and this is why I think sometimes it's difficult for people to understand. So you said, you know, you read a piece that said Hammers United are not a protest group, but then you said we moved quickly into protest mode. And I would agree with both of those statements. Um, and it is difficult for people to understand the difference between the two, for you to say, look, we're not a protest group. We weren't set up to protest, but we did move into protest mode. And I can assure you that from the committee side of things, it didn't feel quick and it didn't feel easy when you're um I, I'm not trying I'm not trying to um I'm not trying to ask people to uh I'm not asking people to feel for us as a as committee members because we do this out of choice and you'll you guys will know yourself how much hard work it takes in the background to be um, to be part of anything, really. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm just saying that for us, for moving into protest mode for us felt like it took a very long time, a lot of discussion and, and some really, really careful consideration. Um, and so, you know, I, I agree with your terminology of, of group and mode, but then it, it, does, it does present us with a challenge. Of course it does, because we have people who support us Probably, let's let's face it, people who support us just because of the protests. And we have, you know, we have to stay true to those people who, to all intents and purposes, have put us where we are. You know, if we um if we didn't who who knows what would have happened if we hadn't held protests, if we hadn't decided to adopt uh, you know, to join the GFB out movement, we may not have half the support we do today. Um but our, our long-term aim as a group even though we are in protest mode, and you're, you're right, ultimately we would like to see new ownership. Our long-term aim as a group is to, is to try and break the cycle. When you look at the cycle of the Kearns and, you know, uh, Terry Brown and, um, you know, the, the current owners, and you look at all other clubs around the country, um, it, it just seems an inevitability that when owners take over a club, there will be, you know... Everyone will everyone will be hopeful for a little while, and it just seems like it is inevitable that the fans and the owners will end up at loggerheads with each other, and the fans will want them gone. And so, our long term aim is to try and is to try and break that cycle and get to the point where we can create, if you want, um, a, a legacy. I don't know if that's too strong a word, but you know, certainly, um, certainly, some principles that that we can um, that we can stand by for, for generations to come. That that hopefully don't see us in that position again. It's, is there a reason then why Hammers United is GSB out? Not you personally, but as a group. Are you asking why we've adopted that position or are you asking yeah. um, so why, why is, is, is now Hammers United? What is it that, that in, in that year from starting Yep. To well, we'll say it's a year from from yep. March 2019. You're not a protest group. To mm-hmm. February 2020, 
you get 8,000 people to march under the GSB out banner. Mm-hmm. So, so what is it then that made it, that pushed you down that road? What did the owners do? Um, it, it was calls from our members, but it was also a, it was also a personal experience from us as a committee. Um, not necessarily of dealing with the owners, but of being um, being impacted by, let's say, the uh, the decisions of the owners. Um, I think I think that the decision somebody takes um, and the way somebody behaves can tell you a lot about somebody's intentions. And what we felt as a group um, was, besides the calls from our members, was that we did ultimately have to make a decision as a committee um, as to whether we were going to listen to those calls and adopt that, that GSB out position. And that discussion along the committee was very much along the lines of from the behavior that we have witnessed from our, from our owners, particularly, you know, particularly in our, in our role as, as Hammers United committee members, do we believe there is any, uh, do we believe these are the right people to, to, to take this club forward? Do we believe there is a resolution with these people in charge? And ultimately at the end of the discussion as a committee, we came to the conclusion that we don't believe that these are the right people to take our club forward. Can I ask Andy, why GSB? Why, why include Gold? Why not include Trip Smith? Why not include Terry Brown? Why not include Harris Family? They all sit on the board. There's one major shareholder in, in David Sullivan. Why include Gold but not in, include the others? Shouldn't, shouldn't it be GSSBBH out? but you know what i'm saying the owners they're they're not the only owners i know what you're saying the the short answer is that um the movement was already in place you know it wasn't us that um it it wasn't us that uh created it you know we decided to join it and we decided to um we decided to take that stance that we would support it as a committee um but i guess the slightly longer answer is that um those three. Let, let's say Sullivan and Brady left, but Gold remained. Would it, do you do you, do you move just to a Gold out, well, is, or do you say, well, actually, there is a slightly longer answer to your first question, which is that um, those three are the three that um, they're visible, aren't they? They're visible, they're vocal, and Gold not so much anymore, but they are visible and vocal. If you ask the fans, um, you know, to name. Um, uh, somebody who 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 called the shots, let's say at West Ham. Could you name someone? Uh, I'm sure a lot of people. Would know. Well, t- I would say Brady and Sullivan. Yeah. You know, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people would would say Brady and Sullivan. And if you pushed them for a third, they'd probably be able to say David Gold. I'd, I'd, yeah, I think they'd they'd be mistaken though, Andy. They really would. But w- what I'm saying is, in answer to your question as to why are other board members not you know not part of that GSB out. Um, coupling together, if you like, it's because I, I don't think anyone, besides people who are really um, who, who really look into it, I don't think anyone knows who Trip Smith is. He, he's never, you know, he's never in Cork mm. Sport. He's never. In the, in, um, Terry Brown is though. Yeah, of yeah, course, sure. yeah. let's get yeah. this right. They only own fifteen percent. Yeah, Gold Sullivan, yeah, Sullivan have got eighty-five percent of the club. Uh, but, but but Brady's an employee with. Uh, less I didn't than a percent. Brady, Brady, right. yeah. I went Golden Sullivan. 
And, and Gold's, Gold's got 36%. Of course, I, yeah, I guess... of course, Nigel's right as well. If you're going to want someone to sell the club, you need the majority shareholders to sell the club. But, you know, in answer to why, Which is Sullivan. In answer to why yeah. it isn't, you know, all of them in a string on the hashtag, I think it's because those three are the people uh, ultimately that, that rub everyone up the wrong way or that have done. Yeah. Let, let, let me just follow on from that. And it was something oh, I was Yeah, hang on. Just this last bit, because it's related to this. Members. You know, I, I witnessed your two marches. I, I was there above the gantry looking at, at the, the static one, and I came along a little bit too late for the stroll to watch that. What, what I saw was a lot of people walking the opposite way um, to um, Canary Wall Station. Um coming coming home after the stroll and and one of the challenges is a lot of the people who joined that stroll and joined the gsb movement are people who have already left the stadium so in the other words they're people that used to be at the bowling ground they've already given up on the london stadium and therefore they're not maybe representative of people who still go to the stadium and you've got a large following of people that were disenfranchised with the move and this is more about the move than it is about the owners and, and maybe the two things are linked but is is that a fair challenge Andy um which one that we've got members who, who don't that you've got a lot of members who don't actually go they're not season ticket holders don't go to the stadium that they're 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 people who decided that it wasn't for them and, and they've either given up their season tickets or they didn't move from the bowling ground yeah, I think we have got plenty of members who, who would fall into that category. And, and really, you know, this is this is part of the reason why we're, we're bringing out the survey that we are on Sunday is um, if, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to say easy in inverted commas here. It's been relatively easy because it hasn't been easy. It's been hard work, but it's been relatively easy to represent people on two fairly basic fronts okay a basic front of of calling for new ownership is much easier than doing something constructive to to replicate the situation with new owners okay it's much easier to break something than it is to build something and a a basic um you know a a basic demand of don't join the official supporters board is much easier than it is to, to to take part in an official supporters board and to um and to come up with the solutions to the problems okay so representing our, our, our members on those two fronts has been, in inverted commas, relatively easy. We now come to the challenging point where potentially one or both of those is, is a, you know, is a reality. And we need to then, at that point, you need to know your membership, know the fan base, know much more detail about what they want, much more detail about what, you know, what is important to them about West Ham, what, what, what kind of, you know, what they think uh, should be done at the club and all, and all these kind of um, refining that message, if you like, if you like to go beyond, um, right, okay, so we want an independent supporters board and we want new ownership. And I think we're at that point as a group now, where we've got to start to understand who of our membership um, is in a certain age category or does go to the stadium or, or doesn't go to the stadium or et cetera, et cetera. And, and if nothing else, to allow us to, to, to reach out to, um, you know, a, a broad section of the fan base to make sure that, that, that we are representing as broad a section as possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I might be able sorry, to Nigel, you're right. I did question. I did um, Yeah, go on. Better, <laughs> in a way, not better than you, whatever. But the, the people that walked away at the end of the march to Canary Wolf, as you say, Sean, 
the, the disaffected that have walked away, it may be that they'll come back once there is a change of ownership. Mm-hmm. So that's what you have to... Uh, it looks, it's about the stadium, and it goes well, no, to your I, I think that's the stadium could be approved as well. I think there's a chance some of them could come back with an improved stadium. I mean, I speak from experience because, you know, I've seen it in Olympic mode, Sean. And I don't believe that everyone is anti-Olympic um, stadium. I think that they, some of them could have been persuaded with a different arrangement. Let's put it that way. But the stadium is what it is, and, and people know that that's where we're going to be. So a lot of people, like me, don't want to be there but accept it that that's what it is. The ownership is different. A lot of people have chosen to walk away because they don't like the stadium and they don't like the ownership. But with a change of ownership and with a change of football clubs, uh, like um, EFOS in the football club, they would probably return. So they've got every right to attend a demonstration and then walk away without going into the ground. The other thing I would say about the people who've walked away is that, you know, a lot of them see that as their way of protesting. You know, they, they, um, it takes a lot mm. to walk away. Yeah. Nice to make, you know, to say to yourself, I'm, I'm not going to do, do it. it. Yeah. The thing that I'm kind of, you know, a lot of them, that will be the thing that they are most passionate about. And they make the decision to walk away as an individual form of protest, probably well in the knowledge that someone else is going to pay for their seat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a really big sacrifice to make. Um, and uh, you know that that was another another point I was going to say is that I, I don't necessarily think I know you're not judging I'm not saying that you are judging but but in, in response to Nigel's question I don't think we should um, I don't think we should pigeonhole to say right okay someone who who goes to the game is a certain type of fan and someone who doesn't go to the game is a certain type of fan I think everyone will have their own individual reasons for why why they attend the game why they watch on telly why they go to a protest and walk away why they go to the pub. Good. Nigel, do you have any questions before we move to question yeah, time? No, uh, uh, the, my, my original question I asked, which Andy did answer about what was it, the, the, the reason I asked that, Andy, was because is there anything that the owners can do that would bring an end to the protests apart from leaving? My personal opinion is no, but there's obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's not me personally that decides what the um, what the direction of our group is. Um, what I would say is that the bigger picture here is I think that, that football fans often get, are often not quite sure of what it is that they're asking for, okay? And that, I think, is why owners and fans often clash because there's two levels to supporting a football club level number one the reason why everyone gets interested in football is that you want your football team to win so obviously owners can be forgiven for thinking well if I'm delivering results the fans should be happy but there is another level to supporting a football team and I've just said you shouldn't pigeonhole people who go or don't go but I'm going to say that especially for people who, who go to a game there is another level to supporting your football team and when you got people in charge at your football club who you feel don't appreciate that other level, don't give consideration to that other level, don't let fans have a say in the decisions that, nothing to do with the pitch, I'm not asking for a say in, in transfers or or squad selection or anything like that, but, but don't have a say in, you know, 
who should be selling near the ground, who uh, who should be selling programs, who should be stewards, who what should be the waiting list policy, what should be the um, seat relocation policy, what should be the away travel policy, what should be um, the the pubs and the, the the people that we you know go to, all those things that are on the other level of supporting a team. I think if you have owners who who don't give consideration to that and who aren't willing to talk about that, I, I do think it gets to the point where, where there is no turning back. I mean, do you, do you accept, though, that some of the things that you've listed there are out of the gift of the ownership and are actually in the gift of the people that run the park? Isn't that... I mean, I would come back and say, well, it's, the owners decided to go and, and, you know, place us in a park where we've got no, um, you know. Yeah, they jumped into like, bed. Um, you know, we can't do our own stewarding because we rent the ground. I mean, that's uh, that was their decision, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. That's how no, I see it. I'm, just, I'm putting the question out there to, um, aside from that. But obviously, I, I understand, because I, I looked into it, the nature of the deal and everything else that this would be the outcome of it. Um, but sometimes if you go in and say, oh, we want the sellers back, and then that's not in the gift of the club. No, no, I, yeah, I, I understand that point. But I think, yeah. um, I now, think, what, I think you can go to the club and ask the question, and I don't think the club have done enough in liaising with the park management to try and make the changes. But then again, the, the the Olympic Park per se um, is a commercial. It seems to be a commercial entity whose sole purpose now is to actually build on the park. So I think the fan base is going to get a bit of a surprise when they go back. The amount of buildings that have gone up while we've been away. It's the only way they can make money. It was a park. I mean, I, I lived in them when the park was planned, and it definitely didn't look like what it did now because it was supposed to be yeah. more green for a start. They like could the lease the land to the Chinese to build stuff on because the stadium carries along losing 30 million. And this is, you know, whether new owners but come or they, not, yeah, but the my chances argument, of buying it, the stadium... The thing about it is, is as they build stuff, there is no room then it's, it's to add important not to get too parks and stuff and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I yeah, agree so it, what I'm saying is it squeezes out the space where you could have a fan park. You know, we all know that there's a big green um, in front of the Elta Skelter, but that big green's going to be built on now. So what, what I would say, Nigel, in, in response to that is that I think the specifics are important because the specifics tell you um, what it is that people want. But what you've got to draw on from those specifics, and this is what we're going to try to do once we get the data back in from the survey, is to, is to draw from those specifics what are the actual principles behind the specifics? So if someone's saying, right, yeah, sellers are important, stewards are important, um, whatever, you know, uh, local pubs are important, what's the principle behind that that they're getting at with those specifics? And if we can't replace it with those specifics, can you still meet the principle? So is the principle that they're saying that they want a community feel when they go to the ground, is that the principle that they're trying to get at? So what, what we'll be trying to do is, is drag that data out to say, can we can we construct a set of principles that can actually go beyond specific issue number one of you know London on the crest specific issue number two of free coach travel back from the away game what what do they what do those things actually mean that people want from their football club yeah I'll get that 
Sandy, it's a good time for you to talk about the survey. That's why you came on, <laughs> to give it a plug. Um, yeah. Tell, tell us about how, how, how you created the, the questions for the survey, how many questions there are, when it gets launched, how people can find it, etc. Well, I don't know if I'll bore you with how we created it, mate. It's taken us weeks. Um, it, <laughs> we created it through a series of endless meetings, is the answer to that, with... Um, uh, with, with various committee members, with, with people outside the committee who've helped us out, um, with kind of their areas of expertise, and with people from the FSA. Um, it's uh, sorry, go on, give me your other questions again, mate. Well, I was just saying, yeah, how many questions there are? Where where can you, you've answered how it was created and who's helped you? The FSA. Mm-hmm. Um, when does it open? When does it close? And and um, how the, how can they find it? Because it's not launched. No, yet. it hasn't. No. So the, um, the the rationale here was for us to give it um, to give it a week or so's build up in the hope that people would start to um, would start to talk about it, would start to give it some thought, and before it launched, for people to start to give some consideration to why we're actually launching it, which is a lot of what we've talked about on tonight's show, what we're trying to get at with it, and and some of the content that we've put up on our website in the hope that when people when people um, come to take it, they don't get to kind of question two or three and just think, oh, it's another survey. I'm not, I'm not finishing this, you know, which is, let, let's be honest. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a complete hypocrite sitting here doing this because I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm a member of the NUT or the um, NAUT that it now is. And uh, when they send me a, a, a survey, most of the time I don't take it. So I'm sitting here begging people to take, <laughs> to take our survey. Um, so it's a it's a six minute survey that launches on Sunday. Um, six being quite a nice number, six being quite a special number in the history of West Ham. So that was a nice coincidence. Um, and it, it's open. For, how many questions? It's open for two weeks. There are at, now how many questions? Know, I'm, yeah, I'm coming to that. <laughs> All right. At so. the minute, there are seventeen questions. Um, although we are still in. Um, consultation with the FSA over one or two of those so it may drop down Um, and it's essentially split into two parts so part one is um, I guess what you would say profiling of the people who are taking the survey so very simple questions to answer you know your age how long you support the team are you a Hammers United member or or a Wusser member or a Pride of Irons member etc and then part two is is a is a section where we've um, banded some of those specific um, specific kind of not necessarily grievances but specific again issues is perhaps too strong uh specific uh, elements of being a west ham fan and we've um we've banded them into uh sections or values um in the hope that we can pick up some of that data and, and like i say create some um some thoroughly uh thought out and well-written principles that we can use as a as a basis for discussion moving forwards good and it closes when? Uh, it's open for two weeks, mate. So it will close on the 27th of December. So if you're bored on Boxing Day, you've got <laughs> and 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 then you, I think, because I've asked you this off air, you're, you're going to publish the results. So everyone will, you'll, it'll be completely absolutely, transparent. Yeah, absolutely, mate. The results will be published and it will be, um, it's conducted via SurveyMonkey hosted by the FSA. Okay, and we, when when the link is available, it will be on the Facebook page on more than just a podcast. And we'll be doing an article on Clarence Hugh, um, Nigel. Um, now Andy's got his plug in. Uh, <laughs> any other questions before we move to question time? Um, 
Well, I mean, I read a lot of Amazon United. I do read a lot of it. Is what is what I don't see is is Amazon United asking questions. Now, I'm, I could be wrong there, but I do read a lot of Amazon United on Facebook. Is that when I see people say we react to what the members say, but you've got a lot of members. You got. 17,000, I think 12,000 on the Facebook group. Probably less than a 1,000 actually converse on the Facebook group. Do, do you think that the Facebook group is a snapshot of the full support base or it's it's just a part of it, if you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, Basically, I, 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 what I would say is... Admiral's United goes, we've got 18,000 members. The club can look at it and go, well, we've got 55,000 season ticket holders. If we say 12,000 of your membership are season ticket holders, that's 42,000, 43,000 West Ham fans that are not part of a group that's protesting to get us out. So why should we go? I, I think um, there's, there's a lot of questions in there, actually. <laughs> um, but I think that the bigger question about whether our... I think what you're asking is whether our membership is, is representative of the fan base. Is that right? Yeah, in the feelings, in the outlook of it. Because obviously what I'm saying is is that, you know, if you go and ask your your membership, do you want GSB out? You know, 95% are going to go, yeah. But of course they are, because a lot of your support's garnished um, in what we would call in protest mode. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would say a lot of people... In the same way, I guess, if you if you ask the same question on Clarence Hugh, you might get a slightly different yeah, answer, so, is, is so, what you're saying. But, but again, sure. what I'm saying is, is that, so you've got an answer there. 95% have said, yes, we want GSB out. But that's 95% of... 12,000 season ticket holders as such. So in, in Not- terms of um, in terms of asking our members questions um, to, to date, well, we've only, we've only really needed to ask one, um, which was, do you want us to join the official supporters board? No, we want you to have, a, we want an independent construct for, for dialogue with the See, club. See, I remember that question being asked and, and the thing that disappointed me there was that there was, no pros or cons put forward that I saw. It was only cons put forward. Okay, but... So when you only put forward one side of the story... Now, I'm not a, I'm not an OSB apologist. I don't know if you've ever listened to me or whatever. Believe me, I'm not an apologist. But I've always felt at Amazon United, if that was the only gig, should have walked in there and used your muscle to embarrass the people in there. In in terms of um, in terms of answering the question in, in the full, we can't we can't turn back time. Um, no, and we we did what we did. We asked the question. I'm sure, as with um, you know, as with any as with any human, any group, you know, you can you can um, look back and say oh, that should have been done differently, or was that done right, or you know, um, at the end of the day, we're we're a, we're a group of West Ham fans, nothing more, nothing less, and we're not a professional 
organization so we, you know <laughs> we've done our best but you can't you can't turn back time and say right okay let's do this differently we asked one question we, we've asked and i think to, to to bring the answer to to the, to the current day in terms of the status of where we're at now um i would accept no, what i said look back then no there was no pros or cons put forward for joining it was do we go no, what, what I'm trying to do is answer your original question around do we ask our members um, questions now and are we representative of them? So the, the beginning part of that answer is that we feel we represent them in terms of not joining the OSB. Now, an, a, another question could be whether we found that information out correctly or not. But in terms of answering the original question of do we ask our members questions, do we represent them and are we representative of the wider fan base? We feel that we are in a sense of pushing for independent dialogues we feel that we do represent our members in terms of pushing for that but beyond that we don't yet and haven't needed to and so that is where we are trying to to go with the survey and it's also and also the 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 point you mentioned about the wider fan base is why we've um we've taken advice actually to, to to open it up to to all west ham fans and so what 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 will happen is you can you know, you will be able to select on there if you're a member of any particular independent supporters group or none. And then we're hoping that that will help us to understand um, whether our membership is a is a true representation of the fan base. Right. Uh, is any member- we're going to have to wrap yeah, up to get to that question. We'll so you've got you one more question. With questions. <laughs> <laughs> Has any member of the... Um, Amherst United Committee ever been a member of the SAB or OSB in its various guises? I think we're on Mark 6 now. That's a good question, mate. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't imagine so, but I, I don't know. I don't know everyone's um, – I don't know every single person who was on the SAB and the OSB, and I also don't know every single Hammers United Committee member uh, past and present's history. And the reason I ask that is because – if no one's ever sat on it, you've not had an inside view of why you should have been on it. Oh, that's a slightly different question. <laughs> whether a a someone on the committee has been on it, or whether we've had an inside view. No, but no, because what I'm saying is, is that for me, um, I, I've never been a big fan of the SAB or the OSB, but it was the only gig that was open to me, so I used it, mm-hmm. and I used it to its falling force. Back in the SAB days, I had SAB members complaining that I was breaking the rules direct mm-hmm. to the club. Um, but if, if, in, in answer to your first question around is someone on the committee or has someone on the committee been in the group, I don't think I don't believe they have. I don't know for sure. No, but my but point it, is is that actually by being in it, you you, you can see why. For me, I never understood Amherst United not being part of it because it was the gig that was open to you. I understood why you tried to go down, um, we're going to remain independent. But when you're a supporters group, oh, we've lost and you him. want to do the it's best the only way that it, and the club it, it, saying, it shuts him up. There's the uh, door, you have to come in this um, door. Just, just before, he's, he's, he's just come back. I was just going to say, he didn't Nigel? cut off for me. Hello? If, right. I, if, I can, if I could paraphrase to cry and... Um, to try, <laughs> try and speed this up, and I think I think this is right in what I'm saying. That the question around um, whether a committee member has been on the um, 
on the official supporters board, the inference in that question was that we don't have inf- inside information of what goes on. Is that is that correct? No, yeah. So you would have an understanding of what the, what actually goes on in the OSB because what happened is is that so much misinformation was put out about the SAB, how it works, and the OSAB and the OSAB and the OSB and whatever. So much misinformation was put out that to the normal fan base, it had no credibility. And the reason it mm-hmm. had no credibility was because so much what I would call fake news. I mean, there was stuff put out about, oh, you have to sign non-disclosures. We had to sign, I think, two non-disclosures back in 2011, 2012 that covered financials only in regards to the stadium move. That was mm. it. Mm. Yeah? But, but what, what in it snowballed into people that were not part of it saying, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it just followed on. So the reason why I asked that, because it would have been good to have known that if there was Amish United committee members that were previous members of the SAB, they would have knowledge of its workings. Mm-hmm. And, then, now, and in, that, in answer to that part, there we have had people from the OSB and SAB come to us um, to to help us out, um, to, to come to us and say, look, can I, can I talk to you about you know, X, Y, and Z from these meetings. And can I explain to you how things are done? And, and can I give you, you guys information to try and, to try and do it differently? And from my, from my personal opinion, I know that, um, uh, you know, that I know that us as a group um, are openly critical of the construct of the SAB and the OSB, but, but I certainly don't hold anything, uh, you know, anything personally against anyone who's, who's joined those, because from my mind, if you join one of those, your intention is to improve something at the football club. Um, you know, it's not it's not your fault that um, that that construct was created by the football club, and so therefore is flawed in its construct. It, you know, people join it because they want to make a difference, and they come from the same as us. If you ask me. So, lastly, just to finish with the new construct, I don't know how far you can comment on it. No. If it if it turns <laughs> out that it's going to be the same groups as the OSB, but with Whistler and Amers United on it. For um, uh, an outsider like me, we'll, I would just go, what's the difference? I, yeah, it, it, in answer to not commenting, I don't want to comment because if I if I comment, then we're um, then we're breaking an agreement that we've made with those other groups, which was not to um, not no, to okay. not to give details until until yeah, there I'll is get a how it works. Okay, that's fine. Um, Fine comment, Andy. However, or should I not comment either? However, <laughs> if I if I say no comment. I know you can turn around and go, oh, well, yeah, that's not transparent. So what I will no, no, say... No, I won't, no, I'm, I'm different to Sean. If you turn around and say, look, we've got an agreement with these groups to not talk about it until it's fully released, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's fine by me. The fact that Sean turned around and said, shall I make a comment, when actually he's not a member of the OSB, so actually should not know exactly what is going on. Actually, I liked one of the big problems of the club. The only thing I will say, which I think is fair to say, and I think is common knowledge, is that the FSA and FSA affiliated groups are all involved. I, I mean, that's what, one thing that I will say is that I think you and Whistler, which is funny since it was me that helped sign Whistler up to the FSA, that you just put too much um, emphasis on being members of the FSA for me. <laughs> There's a whole nother conversation for another day. Because yeah. the FSA, I think, I think the chairman of the FSA yeah. seems to have been the same chairman forever. And yeah. that's a whole yeah. thing. But that's, that is a whole uh, nother conversation. Andy, as someone who's 
that was in various sabs over 11 years. You know, I was in Sab Mark 1 where I met Nigel for the first time. Um, obviously, I, I was also a member of the OSB. I, I resigned last year to, to Brady saying that it, it had no credibility. Um, my only concern to you, right, is this becomes the Sab Mark 3 because the club are the club, right? And the same people you want out are the people who they will, you know, it might be wrapped up as independent and with its own chair and everything else. Heard it all before. And does it just become another construct of the club with the impression of uh, a voice? You know, if they don't want to listen, they won't want to listen. Believe me when I say that is a concern of ours as well. We're under no illusions that this hasn't gone well in the past. You know, the, the one thing I would say is that we, no matter what happens with this construct, we remain an independent supportive group. And, you know, we, we can we can stay at any time. We can carry on, you know, in our own guise, so to speak, at any time. But just because it's gone well, you know, wrong in the past, it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Because as, as Nigel said, a lot of the same people that will be in the new construct were on the old ones. And boy, did they try last time. But at the end of the day, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah, because yeah. if Mess Brady not doesn't want to listen... Yeah or doesn't want to change your mind, you know, you can say, Karen, I want you to give up the sun column. Karen, I want to give you, I want you to resign. You know, if she's not listening, Shoot it up. becomes an echo chamber. And, and really, <laughs> you can't say yeah, that. Really what we're... Let, let Andy talk. Sorry, Andy. What we're hoping is that this really can be a construct with a mind to new ownership and, um, and, and really having something in place that on day one of new ownership is... Is is ready to go, and hopefully, um, you know, c- c- everyone can start with a clean slate and um, and get things right next time around. Mm. It's taken a long time to get this construct together. You know, there's been a lot of false storms, and again, I'm not I'm not saying how sausages are made, but it, it's not as been maybe as an easy ride that everyone thought it would we're be. It hasn't been completed as quick as it could have been. Mm-hmm. We are under- sorry, yeah, no, I'm just saying we're under no illusions. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on because you know we are we are an hour and a half in. Yeah. Um, I'm sure our our um, our, 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 our uh, eight listeners want to ask some <laughs> questions as well. So it's time for this. Yeah, it's Facebook Twitter question time. Why, where you the nine listeners, maybe even ten tonight, um, ask questions to to Nigel. And, and to, tonight, Nigel, you've asked what? I've put tonight is special uh, with Andy from Amers United coming on. So I put, if you've got a question about Amers United and the work they do. and I've been, Oh, cheese. Uh, well, we'll get, what I'll do is I will go through for Andy the sensible questions first. Oh, good. good, good I good. don't know if you do listen to more than just a podcast, Andy. But this is where it gets a bit. You know, <laughs> we, we, we can have a lot of fun. And sometimes I enjoy this part more than talking about football myself, but um, I'm sure for you, why you're here. So next up is 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 the, is the Greek Shepherd from Cyprus, uh, Stelios Kujas Kiriakou, um, from North London. Stelios goes. I'm still baffled as exactly what Hammers United and Wissa are aiming to achieve. To be honest. I'm no bald lover, but don't we just accept that the irreversible damage of moving for the bowling has already been done? The board are not going to leave before the stadium closes up, and even then they may not do so. So when Amers United keep advocating board out, then agree to having meetings with them, how does this work? 
You can't try to work with the people to want to kick out. He puts, can you? And he says, finally, when are Amazon United going to try and reach out to a broader fan base by looking to be the true voice of all supporters, by taking on the likes of disabled, LGBT, BA memory supporters under their wing? Party on still. Yeah, a bit of a long one. I'll try and break it down for you, Andy. So basically, um, I think you've sort of covered, I don't know if you can do it quickly, can Amazon United keep advocating bald out whilst trying to sit down with their employees and make lives better for us? Yes, uh, is the short answer, because um, I think we can we can make small changes on, on short-term things that do affect people. You know, I'll give you an example of, say, someone is, uh, they get their seat relocated, um, moved away from their family. You know, that, that policy, perhaps next time we do seat, seat relocation, perhaps we can have an impact on that. Um, and, and, you know, if in terms of our position for board out, I think we'd rather be sitting across the table having that discussion saying, like, what will it take for you to leave than shouting from outside the ground? No, true. That's very true. Always better to be inside than out. <laughs> um any are are you looking to go down the lgbt ba me um route or are you happy keeping everything all in one bundle uh is that asking are we looking to have a um lgbt for example um uh i don't know what you would call it a, a subsection yes uh, no, we, we've just um, we describe ourselves on our website as an open church, and and that that is what it means, you know. And we we would welcome anyone um, from any walk of life, um, you know, and and if you like, from any any. I, I guess it was just described as a subsection to, to join. Not any, Andy. Come on, we're not having Spurs fans. <laughs> I don't know. Should we discriminate? Um. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm messing around. I've, I, I have, I have got mates of mine that do follow the Spurs players that do follow Hamilton United pages, actually, just to give me stick on what's going on. But I don't know if you can answer this, but this was a follow-up by Marcus Johns. Hello, Marcus. He's put. He'd be interested to know, because he agreed with Stelios, he thought it was a good point regarding demanding a bald out. He said, I'd be keen to know if Amish United have approached anyone of, or have heard of any serious interest in buying the club, uh, um, as there was rumours recently, which have been shot down apparently by someone. Um, we've heard the same rumours probably that everyone else has heard. Um, probably from the same people that everyone else has heard them from. Um, and... What what I would say with that is there is there probably isn't smoke without fire, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the board are considering um, considering their options. Um, but in in terms of us finding a buyer for the club, our stance has always been that it's it's not the role of supporters or a supporters group to go out and look for someone to buy a club. Um, more the role to to make their their club an attractive prospect, which is where we think. Um, uh, you know, perhaps designing the, the, these principles in, the, in this long-term vision, so to speak, might be something that someone might look and go, come in and go, all oh, right, okay, something to work with there. All right, okay, thanks for that. Uh, so excuse for pause because obviously I'm trying to flick through the cheese ones. Um, 
<laughs> Cheese rolls on, dear. We started something there, haven't we? Uh, Stuart Ling, Everyone a question to you, Andy. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you hear the interview on Talk, uh, uh, Talk Sports Jim White did with the Cross Stammers lads on Saturday? I did. Uh, he said then, I'm glad you said yes then, because he thought they came across well. And for once, he didn't act like a sanctimonious prick either. Is the fi- is the tide finally turning with these media outlets in regards to our wonderful owners? I mean, I don't listen to TalkSport, so I don't know. Um, I don't, as a matter of course, listen to TalkSport either, but I, I listened again to the um, to the chat that was posted earlier today. Um, no, I don't think it is for, for certain outlets, but I think it already has for others. Um, so I think there's there's quite a clear divide in the media, and you you know anyone can probably name the um, the outlets that are um, are, are, are GSB out, I suppose, and the outlets that that will, will will continue to back them. I think no matter what. Hmm. I mean, look, it's it's no secret that Lee Clayton uh, is head of of Talk Sport and and obviously had prior connections with uh, Lady Brady and... and he's a club stooge, that's what you're trying to say. I didn't say that. Oh, I said he's, 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 he's a club stooge. He's got, he's, got, he's got a good relationship with the club. And he likes to keep it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's the way sausages are made in the media. I think the average talk listener will be able to tell you that uh, TalkSport will probably not be taking an anti-Gold, um, Brady and Sullivan position. They are, of course, impartial. Well, to be fair to them, they have had anti-Gold, Sullivan and Brady people on there. I've heard a couple. The problem I find is that they, um, when you're going on a programme like that, up against journalists and whatever, you've got to be a bit more clued up about what they've done and what they haven't done. And, and just, you know, because at the end of the day, they have put money into the club. Yes, they've took money oh, out. Yeah. But they have, you know, you 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 have to look at it that actually that the reason the club is in its mess is because they've mismanaged the way it's done, which is yeah, different. I've said, I've said this before, you know, mate. Um, I think the journalists are very clever in taking yes. the argument in the direction they want it to go. Yeah, now, they argue, journalists will argue about two things. They'll say. They have paid. They they'll say um, they have paid money in, and they don't take a salary, which is true. Yes, and they will also say um, that they have made signings, and they are trying. You know, which is true. Neither of those things, neither of those two things, can be. Um, you, you can't actually say that they haven't put their own money in because they they have. Yes, you can talk about the interest rates they take on their loans, or you can talk about what they've done with that money, and you can't say they haven't signed players because they have. But you can talk about the strategy and the scouting system and everything that goes with it. I think the journalists are very clever at um, taking it in the direction they want it to go and in, in knowing the, the, the facts that they can stick to. Andy, do you ever get demoralised when when people do call up stations like um, TalkSport or whatever uh, and are a bit clumsy with their questioning? They get a bit too emotional and you wish they'd rather not said it or you'd like to disassociate yourself of it no not at all mate i think it's um it, it's the conundrum it's the world we all find ourselves in as football fans um and it's it's why it's just such a it's such a challenge but it's such an enjoyable thing to do um you know i was going to say working for hammers united but <laughs> like 
being part of Hammers United is is such an enjoyable thing to do because um, it, it's it's such a challenging thing to do is to to to, to try and um, separate that that emotion and what makes us all like love football and so desperate for West Ham to win and so desperate for us to do well and the, the challenge is to step back and look at the bigger yeah. picture and try and and try and talk to people you know pragmatically and and and, and try and. Uh, Look at look at things without the emotion attached, and I enjoy that. Yeah, but do you do you see? Obviously, your your uh, being a teacher helps you. Not only uh, are you more eloquent, uh, more understanding, and can probably communicate better. Um, but some once in a while, do, do, does any of your supporters say things that you wish yourself? Oh, I wish you never said that, or or has it just come part of the territory, really? No, like you say, I think teachers quite good training for that, mate. Every single day, yeah. With kids, I wish you'd never said that, but you know, you you got to understand. Uh, pe- people say things because they they feel emotional, or because they, you know, yeah. Pe- people don't, you know, if someone's taking the time or effort to call up talk sport, they they feel really they're they're really passionate about what they're about what they're, yeah. they're calling up to talk about, and I think this is, I think this is kind of where. Um, football clubs in in the in the main a, a lot of football clubs go wrong they they will push these people away and they will say you don't quite fit our um you don't quite fit our mold whereas actually if you if you talk to these people the passion that these people have got you know i mean you so there's there's four people sitting here tonight that have been sitting here for now an hour and 39 minutes and probably another four people have been sitting listening for an hour and 39 minutes so that's you know that's eight people that have given up. All this, where'd they go? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. That's, it's people that are giving up their time for for you know you you don't get you wouldn't get someone saying right should we do a Tesco podcast tonight because we're so passionate about Tesco you know we love it so much and so so clubs clubs really should should embrace should embrace people that are, that are passionate about their club and you never know they might they might find they've got some advocates there. They embrace they embraced the chosen few, Andy, didn't they, Sean? But anyway, next one is Florida Hammer. Hang on, hang on. hold up, Rough just to comment, Sean. Sit down, pipe down. Right a reply. Yeah, no right of right reply. reply. But anyway, media people like Moose, people like Jim White know which side of the the bread is buttered, and they play the game. And the look, the reason Sky gave an apology after that famous Sunday, supplement. whatever it's called, supplement is they know, you know, you've got to work with the Premier League. You've got to work with the clubs because if you get on the wrong side of them, then then you'll be blackballed. And, and, And it goes further than that, which is the media department's job is to keep up the reputation. Do they want people on the radio to slag the club or the owners off? Of course they don't. So they're going to lean on the media not to have people who who pay their wages it's as simple as that and it's it's not unique to West Ham it's the same at Newcastle and it's the same at Manchester United with the Glazers and if you look at it as 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 a business and you t- you say it's about money if you take that one step further and you follow that cycle round rather than um trying to control those people if if they were to embrace those people don't you think they'd make more money and get a stronger brand? I do. I know what you're saying. So say if, so you know, 
I mean, I always talk about Dortmund, but Dortmund's Dortmund was on its knees, and Dortmund's Dortmund's brand now is made strong by the fact that they look after their fans. That's what makes Dortmund a strong brand across the world. Hmm. And so, I, I, I'll well, that. I'd argue that that's a German football thing, though. You're right. Yeah, of course, it's it is right. Yeah, You're, you are right. I guess but that's what worked in the Olympics, the people taking control of the, the entire project. And there's no reason why they couldn't work at West Ham either. I just think you're... It's brand, a complicated... I mean, it, we could have another podcast discussing this. I, but, I just um, you want to make a brand and you want to make money. I think a very strong way to make a brand and to make money is to show that you're really connected to your, in inverted commas, cut. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, narrowed it down years ago. I upset the media department and the head of media and everything by saying that, that there's one way to market this club. You can sack the marketing department, sack the media department, save the money. You buy 14 players that go out on the pitch and win games and you sell out every week. And you don't need to send email. Which is that? Which head of media you tell that one to? Oh, well, you, <laughs> you know, don't you? Oh, the catering the manager. manager. That's it, yeah, before she got promoted. Uh, Flo Ryder Hammer, who's, who's a friend. That's Tara, by the way. That's our code yeah. for Tara, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Flo Ryder Hammer, who's a friend of everyone, apparently, apart from me. Um, he's got a quick question for Andy. Uh, what, if anything, can the extremely loyal supporters living abroad do to assist in your goals with Hammers United? Now, the one thing I would say, because I had this discussion when we setting up Whistle, is, is that, which is different from Amish United, is that Whistle was wanted to take money from people wherever they were in the world. But then only people can vote at an AGM that actually attend the AGM. So therefore, I know with Whistle, we could have, you know, I think over 2,000 members, but only 30 people attended an AGM and got to choose the committee. I think in terms of um, in terms of Hammers United, what what everyone can do wherever they live is um, is, is just tell someone else about us. Really, I mean, let's let, you know, let's let's be honest. What's what's put us in the position that we are today? <laughs> Whether you guys agree with the numbers or not, or we went about it the right way, but what's put us in the position that we are today is the fact that people have have, have signed up and and like of um, backed what we're doing. And the more people that do that, the stronger we become. Um, you know, obviously taking a survey will help, will help us to understand people. Um, and if, if you're, if you're thinking about GSB out specifically, and if that's what the question's about, um, my personal view on that is that, um, they're, they're not worried about being intimidated. So don't worry, so don't, don't worry yourself if you can't get to the stadium to, to stand in their way. You know, they, they add how many years of that at Birmingham? 17 years? Um, another 10 years here I'm pretty sure they've got pretty thick skin I, I don't think um, I think it's very important that we go and we show them what we think but if you're in another country and you can't get there um, I, I don't think that you, you can't be part of um, part of pushing that because where they're, where they're really worried I think is when um, is when the messaging goes beyond that and media outlets run with it and they start to think right okay this could this could hurt future business interests I don't think they're too worried about anyone screaming in their face, if I'm honest. Hmm. Yeah. Um, You'd be surprised, Daniel. Yeah. 
secondly says what makes you believe that your efforts will be different and more successful than past groups such as Wissa? Um, now I'll understand if you don't want to answer that question, um, but that's what he's asked. Where do you think you will succeed? Where um, I will say it, and I can say it because I formed Wissa, where Wissa has failed. Um, the answer is really, it's really nothing. We're not, we're not, um, we're not trying to um, to set ourselves apart as different. We're not trying to portray ourselves as, as people who can succeed where others have failed. We're we're kind of trying to be um, football fans first and foremost, who just just give it the best possible shot we can. We'll do anything we can to try and make it work. And we're under no illusions that it that it may well not. And we're under, you know, we certainly accept that the, the hard work and the, the efforts that people, various groups have put in in the past, you know, and it, it's difficult and it takes up a lot of time and a lot of effort. And, you know, we, we get a fair amount of stick as well. And some, sometimes it isn't particularly nice. So, um, so there isn't anything that makes us think we're, um, you know, we're special or different or, or set aside from anyone else. We're, we're just going to give it the best go we possibly can. And, and that's all West Ham fans can ask, to be fair. Uh, yeah, we can ask of ourselves, mate. Yeah. Uh, he then goes on to blow smoke up Sean's arse and Len's arse and everybody else's apart from mine. So, because I read it out, Flo, you can sod off. Uh, next up. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Harvey. He says, evening, gents. He says, and Andy. He's missed Sean out there. Um, but anyway, he's got a question for Andy. Uh, do you think the discontent within the fan base has dropped due to fans not attending games? And if so, what does that say about the fans' understanding of the way GSB runs the club? That's an interesting question. I thought you were going to say, do you think the discontent has dropped due to the team winning games? No. Um, but do, do you think the discontent has dropped due to fans not attending games? Um does he mean? Does he mean people who've walked away, or or, or obviously not? No, I think COVID. what he means is in COVID because of yeah. the the COVID restrictions, I and see. the fact is the Amers United. Um, where I'll quickly I'll say where I think Amers United succeeded where Wissa didn't is that you 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 got a, bit, a better presence at the games, mm-hmm. and. As, as well as uh, the, the Facebook and opening it up to everyone where, where Whistle was too restrictive with, with the membership. But I think what he's getting at is, is the fact that we're not at the games now, mm-hmm. is that, has that caused the discontent to drop? So we're watching it on TV, seeing a semi-successful team. Possibly, and, yeah. But also, yeah, yeah, possibly in, in some respects, because... Um, I think a lot of people's discontent is to do with the experience and by the experience, what I mean is, is going to the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, what I would say is I was, I was surprised um, in the summer when the, the discontent seemed to seem to be as high as ever. And, uh, and that was, it, so I think, I, I think it, in answer to the question, what I'm trying to say is that it's there the whole time. I don't think it ever goes away. And, and, you know, I describe it, I know it's an old analogy, but I describe it like a, you know, like a wound or a cut. It can be plastered over, it can be stitched up, whatever, but it never goes away. 
and it doesn't take much to open it back up again. I mean, you look at the sale of Grady Diangana, who wasn't, he's a good player, of course he is. And it, and again, it comes back to specifics and what it epitomises. It wasn't about the specific sale of Grady Diangana. It was about what that meant for us as fans of West Ham and, and what our old youth academy used to be. And it just opened up that wound again and everyone went crazy. And so I think it's, it's always there and it just doesn't take much to, um, you know, to, to open it back up. I mean, the, 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 probably 50% of what Amazon United say I agree with and 50% I don't. That's where I sit. What was said this week on Amazon United channels about GSB out is not just... It's not about results. It's not about, for me, was something I could wholeheartedly support. Me personally, I'm GSB out because of the, what they've done. They've destroyed a, a way of life, which was football at the bowling, where I thought predominantly everyone was happy. Yeah, I can talk and about then, that on a personal level for myself, actually. And, and um, you know... I, I will admit that when we were losing, I personally felt that it was helping our cause. And I and I look back now and I still believe it probably was. I still believe people were getting angry because we were, we were down towards the bottom of the league. And some people probably joined what was going on because of the results. But that's, for me, that now I reflect back on that, it's the wrong reason for someone to, be, to, to join. Because what then happens if we start winning, they think to themselves, oh, right, okay, well, this is all right now. Yeah. And you can't, you know, the form of the team will, will forever fluctuate. Any team, sometimes you'll be good, sometimes you won't. You've got to enjoy it when you're winning. You've got to be gutted when you're losing. And that's that's part of what football's all about. And I've now come to the conclusion that if we're really going to get anywhere with this and get people to understand it, West Ham need to be winning. It, it would be much more powerful if yeah. we were in the Champions League and people were still protesting because then questions would really be asked. What is this about? Why? What do you want? And I think it's really important that, you know, we are doing well and people are asking those questions. Yeah. No, well, I'm, I'm with you all the way there. Um, as I say, I'd, I'm GSB out and sometimes I look around the fan base and I've said it on here before, I seem to be GSB out for totally different reasons to what everybody else is. There, there are people, I don't know, you know, a bloke Paul Turner, he's on Amazon United and he will say the same. Um of why we're GSB out is because of what they did to get us to this point. And that will never change. I can accept them being there in a way, but I will always argue that they should leave the club. But Golden was born at 4-4-2 Green Street. I think Um, the important thing is for football fans to have that own, to have that level of introspection. So for a football fan to be able to think to themselves, I'm not all about results. Now they've got, they, of course, they are about results. And of course, we love it when our team is winning. It's much more enjoyable and everyone's in a good mood and it's great to celebrate together and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you only, if you only attach yourselves to results, you're going to go through an endless yeah. roller coaster. It's an endless roller coaster. So, to, and and also, I think for for an owner to think that it's only about results is a little bit naive as well. And I think that's where it's really important for us to try and get that messaging across. That um, yeah. if we're doing well on the pitch, fantastic, let's enjoy it, brilliant. It never you know, it doesn't happen that often. 
And if we're not doing well on the pitch, let's moan about it like we love doing, you know, let's love being the underdog and, and etc. But let's talk about the other side to being a football fan as well and what, what makes it really special being attached to a team and going to games. Yeah, no, you're right about the owners think it's about results. A certain senior source seems to base it on that. Um, next up, we've got a man called Richard Dodds. He's he's a he's a carrot cruncher from the country, Andy. Um, further west than even you. Um, all right, my handsomes, because this is how he talks, Andy. He goes, how's you doing? He says, welcome, Andy. Sterling work. Um. What is the one thing you believe needs to change at the ground? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One thing. one thing, knock it down and build it again. <laughs> that would be the ultimate dream, wouldn't it? Um, you can have one that. Manageable thing, is that what you're saying? Well, no. This is look. This is Dodds's question. Um, while he's on holiday somewhere, you know, as a man of leisure does nowadays. Um, what is the one thing you believe needs to change at the ground? Win every game. Uh, I mean, if I okay, so if I if I think within the realms of possibility, and let's think let's think sensibly for short term change. If um, if safe standing was allowed, and if a safe standing section could be introduced, and if people could be allowed to locate to that safe standing section, you might you might get a bit of atmosphere going. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't. Andy. Andy, did you not read Clarence and Hugh yesterday? Yeah, I did, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know if that's essential. It's coming. Three finals and round seats are coming. The, the award's been given, um, and the, the safe stand is coming for three thousand fans. I guess what I mean in the, is, in um, the I mean is safe. Trevor Brook in lower. I, I know rail seating's covered coming, but safe standing isn't um, isn't legal, right? Andy, I'll just point out. I know Sean's here. 
it is safe to say here you don't read Claret and You. Because believe me, I don't read it. Len <laughs> don't read it. The Boochies don't read it. Yeah, we know it's garbage 90% of the time. So you're safe. You can say here, I'm sorry, Sean, I didn't read it. No. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about Claret and Hugh. Um, what, what I will say is, um, if I if I try and paint this in the most positive light, which I possibly can, yeah. we are playing in um, in a stadium that was designed for athletics. However, yeah. However, there are stadiums in the world that have athletics tracks that do have good atmospheres, which makes me then come back to myself and question. Is it possible? I don't think it is. I think we have to knock the thing down and start again. Andy, can I tell you what those athletic stadiums generally have that we we don't? And that is the seats pushed back. So the upper tiers and the lower tiers are connected. Yeah. Yeah. And and also the the gradient of the the stand as well. It's so shallow. By the time you get to the back, you're so far away from the people at the front. Yeah. So Um, actually by having retractable or movable seating it, it's the removable seating that causes the separation for me if they yeah, push so the seats saying, back and left it back you might get a bit of a better atmosphere yeah it's not necessarily what you're saying is about the distance from the pitch is actually about the distance of the fans from each other yeah mm. not for us at the lower we don't have any separation because we just look over to That's the pitch right, you know we don't have a problem with no, well you're but shorter so you need to be nearer the pitch anyway to see it I've heard away fans say the same thing that they can't get the atmosphere going between the upper and the lower tier in the away end. Yes. Yeah, that would make but sense. You need a good away following to get atmosphere going. So if no, away- Well, that's where a lot of those rail seats are going, Andy, you probably know. They're going to the away fans. It must be strangers in the away following to feel like you're separated. Like you never really feel like you're separated from the rest of the away following. Yeah. No. Nah. Um, I think got, there's nowhere else like that. Is I mean, Dodsey asked you one last question. I think we covered it. I'll just cover it again. Uh, he wanted to know, was you a tanner or an out of tanner? Well, Dodsey answered it at the start. He's definitely an out of tanner. I can't claim to be a tanner. No, uh, but it's just a state of mind, Andy. It's <laughs> out of town and proud to be that. Yeah. Um, now I'll leave it up to you, Andy. Do you want to stay for the for the banal rubbish, or do you want to? Because <laughs> you're welcome to stay and join in, but um, I've sort of covered Sarah, all the questions for you. Do you want me to stay for the crap bit at the end? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. How 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 long how long's fair? You got about, about yeah, half hour. It's not that many, to be fair. I've done. We've done a lot of them. Don't feel obliged, Andy. You can give your prediction for Leeds and go. Give me ten minutes of crap, weird questions, then go on. So I'll go quickly. Scott Crosland says, "I've got a question for Nigel. Um, How come someone threw a fridge at your motor on the Broadmead? Um, Oh, that was Broadmead, a a council estate in Woodford, in Essex, where it turns out Scott comes from. We was talking about this earlier. Uh, basically, I used to. Um, what's the best way to describe this? I, I, I was. I'm a locksmith, and I used to be on the revenue protection unit for the uh, LEB. So my job was, if you didn't pay your electric bill, we came in and took the meter. And obviously, someone didn't need their fridge anymore because we took the meter. 
So they decided to throw it off of a balcony at the motor we was in. Now, the fact that I'm still here talking means the fridge missed. <laughs> if it had hit the motor we were in, I may not be here now talking. Um, talk about sitting the light out of you when it exploded behind the motor we were sitting in. Um, but that man got, 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 got caught. Don't worry about that. Uh, let's get some good ones. Blah, blah, blah. Talk, talk, talk. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Uh, Stuart Ling says, cheese. He can't eat it cold, but he does love it melted on a bit of toast. Medium cheddar, he says. Uh, he likes it on a burger and some mozzarella on a pizza. He said, is that weird? But he can't eat cheese cold, he says. Although the wife eats all types of stuff and frequently stinks the gaff out with it. Well, we don't want to know about your wife's flatulence. And, and to be fair, Stuart, I think you shouldn't really bring it up publicly. Your wife should be well embarrassed that we all know what she gets up to now. Uh, and are you a lover of cheese? No, not really, mate. Not a cheese fan. Oh, really? No. It's on the wrong podcast. Oh, we should have, we should have, we well, should have researched him that before. Him. <laughs> Sacked him off. Yeah, you saved it to the end. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Harvey he's got questions should we bring back Anderson in January as he's not getting any game time in Portugal I'll ask Andy that shut up absolutely Andy Anderson back in January could play him up front instead of Halle that's not a bad shout I'll Um, be honest did he play that front before I wasn't a fan of Anderson but I don't think he should play on a wing so I guess if you're going to play him anyway you could stick him up front hmm uh, Sean, it's not a question for you, but he said Christmas is coming and make sure you don't leave it to Christmas Eve to get a present. Uh, like a birthday. Oh, I've, yeah. done, I've done all my Amazon shopping. Don't you worry uh, about He's got that. a question. Lenny says, do you think we need a new keeper in the summer? Um, we should always be looking out for one. Um, I think Fabianski's got another season in him after this one, to be honest, but... We should always be looking ahead. Parks, he went till he was 40. Fabianski's 35, 36. Again, if you if you twos have read the Clarence Hugh yesterday, you'd see that we're, we're looking to offer him a two-year contract. Right. That doesn't, it still doesn't mean to say we can't buy another goal. No, mate. that's true. But why read Claret and you when you can bore us with it, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Hala uh, Metipips. It's a Belinda Kaikitis, the Greek goddess from Forest Gate. She says, hello, Andy. Hello. There you go. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what she oh, said? <laughs> the game. She put, we lost it, but it was ours for the take-in, certainly in the first half. I do believe that if we'd scored one or two more in the first half, the game would have ended differently. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it would have, wouldn't it, Brenda? There, there, now, there's, I'm not going to say that that's a woman's look on the game, but obviously, you know, it would have been. We might have lost three two or drawn three all. Bill, uh, she will say our fans look better socially distanced than other grounds. Well, we're not allowed to talk about that. Bill, uh, carrying on from Stelios's point with the bowling long gone, would you advocate for West Ham doing the Man City model or running the stadium? Uh, I would advocate it. Yes, I'm sure Sean would. Yeah, no, I think it will happen. I think there's more, much more chance of us running the stadium in a Man City model than owning the stadium. If West Ham run the stadium, and this might bring Andy in, uh, would that mean Golden Sullivan and Brady are more likely to hang about? 
No. Oh, that's good then. Let's go with the stadium. Right. <laughs> she put, she's out of cheese comments, but she needs to ask, what does, I don't, do you know, Andy, you might know the answer to this. Do you know what loves a bit of squirrel mean? No. No. All right. Tell her. Tell him. Tell her. Tell them all, Len. I don't know either. Oh, bloody hell. Really? Friday night dinner. Watch Friday night dinner. Friday night dinner on Netflix. On Netflix or on all four. And um, it's basically, they they have food on a Friday and the dad goes, oh, love a bit of squirrel. I mean, basically, I think it's either chicken or fish. Uh, She goes, while I am a tanner, as Nigel would testify, she went to the posh school she did, and therefore she didn't come across this saying, well, it's an out-of-towner saying, see, it's the northwest London. Still would know it. Um, It's a northwest London thing. Uh, She loves the show, and she's give you a kiss, Andy, because there's four kisses. Very kind. So there you go. Don't tell Sarah that. Dave Jones says, uh, another promising West Ham performance, certainly not perfect, but much better than some of the gutless efforts. He's got a question for Amazon United, though. If Amazon United was a cheese, what cheese would they be? (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say? I'm impressed, Dave, and to your podcast. Who's Who's he managing now? No, not that, Dave Jones. This is Ziggy Stardust. Oh, as a listener. Um, yeah, as in, you know, well, he's dead now, really. But, you know, that Dave Jones, but that's where the joke comes from. <laughs> uh, I, I only know two cheeses. Go on. Edam. What are they? Edam and cheddar. And cheddar. Hmm. Well, Edam's made backwards. So I, I, I would argue... That uh, marmite cheese. We've talked about marmite cheese a bit. Um, I see that you either love them or hate them. Is that what you're trying to say? See, you see. Yeah, exactly. you fucking. It's a good job you don't want to advertise on it. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> I'd say they're a mature cheddar. Whatever, whatever that means, I'll take it as a compliment. There you go. What do you reckon's the best animated advert, Lynn? Cadbury Caramel Bunny or Frosty's Tony the Tiger? Oh, great question from Dave. Well, it's funny you should say that. The Cadbury Caramel Bunny, they're both very different animated ads. What I like about the Cadbury's Caramel Bunny is animated by one of my favourites, Richard Williams. And what Richard could do that almost no animator can do he can make animation sexy. Now, if I run some of his animations off, we got uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, the Listerine advert with the um, the dragon and the maid, uh, the Samaba advert, which was the, the perfume at the time, and he can make sexy woman. And I'll, I'm glad he's brought up the Cadbury's Caramel advert because this is how he can do it. Do you know who voiced over that rabbit? Marion Margulies, one of the most ugliest women in the world. <laughs> you can't oh, say she's that. Ugly. I'm sorry, you can. <laughs> she's got to be one of the most ugliest women in the world. Beauty is within. You can't call anyone ugly. Yeah, that's and that's why, we, that's why you've done such a good job drawing the Cadbury Bunny, because if you can make that sexy with her voice, 
and he did, that's what makes it a great advert. That's why. Animated More adverts than a podcast, are the best just a in podcast, the world. Believe all women are beautiful. No. And we what? disassociate ourselves with the yeah. comments of the two sexist presenters. Who's sexist? Oh. What's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> anyway, that's my answer. There you go, six. Uh, he didn't mention Tony the Tiger. One more question. You've got time for one more question? Yeah, go on, mate. Make it a good one. Right, hold up. Let's go through. Oh, we can't guarantee that. In the meantime, Andy, while he's looking that up, because we always ask our guests uh, prediction, uh, what's your prediction? You've got to give a score line uh, against Leeds on Friday night. Say 1-0, West Ham. I'm going to go 3-1, West Ham. Oh, 3-1, West, West Ham. I'll go 1-0, West Ham. Who's, who gets hat-trick? Haller hat-trick, obviously. <laughs> I'll, I'll put some money on that then. I'll get you, if, you, if you put money on a 3-1 win with an Haller hat-trick, I'll tell you what, you'll get any odds you want, I'm sure, from Betway or... Or Sky Bet or whatever. <laughs> My guarantee, mate, Powell. I wouldn't put money on anything, I say. <laughs> right, go on, last your last question. question we give Andy. this Ian Gravit. It's his evening, gents. Evening, Andy. Hope you're all well. Uh, wasn't a lot we could do regards the equaliser from Pogba, but the third was offside. Um, with the new window opening very soon, it would appear that the money from the Dean Garner sale was going to drift. Wasn't that money supposed to be reinvested? It would appear that Moyes is not being backed. Can Amers United do anything about this? Do you get asked a lot about this? About what, you know, can you, about players? It was going to be a a, a question in the, in the, um, you know, in in the spirit of the the, the silliness of the last section, but it's a relatively serious question. Um, It is a serious question, isn't it? Yeah, that's a serious note to finish on. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you can. You, I mean, yes, we can in terms of in terms of calling for, for more investment. But um, my my own personal opinion is, I don't think that that's where um, I don't think that's the place of a supporters group. I think a supporters group should be dealing with things that um, supporters can and should affect. Um, good. I just want to thank Andy. Andy, just give us a plug. Where can the website of Hammers United and the Twitter account of Hammers United and the Facebook group of Hammers United, if you can remember all three, give them a plug now. The website can be found on the internet um, under hammersunited.com. Facebook group, just search Hammers United and Twitter, uh, search Hammers United as well. At Hammers United 2 is the Twitter handle. Um, if anyone, you know, if anyone wants to know more about us, there's plenty of information on our website. Um, please do, please do have a little look around, a little read. Um, and if all anyone, any West Ham fan is um, is willing to help us out in, in trying to define what it means to support West Ham and, and what's important to you, then please take part in our survey, which uh, launches on the 13th of December. And thank you for lasting two hours and 11 minutes, Eddie. That's no problem at all. Well done, Eddie. Apologise your family. Apologise your family from us. <laughs> if you speak to Steve Law, tell him Nigel says hello. I've not spoken to him for ages, uh, but give him my best regards. I will. 
Thank you very much. Cheers, Andy. It's really appreciated. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers, Andy. You just need to leave your uh, computer on until we finish a few more minutes. Okay? Yeah, no worries, mate. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye. Right. Go on then, no, uh, Nigel. back. He's gone. Um, Nigel, do you believe the ball leading the Man United goal was a tanner or an out-of-tanner? Well, I think the ball went out of town and come back. For me, how far it went out. Um, but he's put the same. It was so far out of touch. It must be an out-of-towner. He's put, based on last week's show and Nigel's quote about the roadkill and the fact I'm a celebrity was based in Wales, he invited the chauffeur Normski and the maid Marion over for a good old bush tucker trial. He's put, we can report badger tasted of a mix of venison and beef, but can smell a bit like duck. A- apparently, hedgehog tastes of strong pork, and as we all love a bit of squirrel, say it, Len. Loves a bit of squirrel. He said they taste like rabbit. Uh, as for... Apparently they're very tasty. Yeah. Love squirrel. What? Cajun squirrel. I do, I, I do like rabbit pie as well. Oh, so. A bit gamey. Uh, as for beaver, well, it can be like tanners, a little bit fishy. <laughs> well... Uh, for more details and homework for this week, please YouTube Johnny Kingdom and report back with your views next week. No chance. Uh, last week, you referred to us as a carrot cruncher, Nigel. Well, I've done it this week, Dodds. It says, were you aware anyone outside Cornwall is called an Emmet? He said, for more homework, what's Jeffro? Uh very true. We would we'll have a look at that. He said, do you know last week's podcast took so long to read and answer my question, they put an advert in the middle of it. He said, as always, Brady out. Brady out. Paul Nolan, the showper. Beep, beep. He says, hello, the special guest, Andy's not here. He, he, he spelt my name wrong, Paul. you got to learn. It's four letters, yeah? It's A before the H. It says, as Mr. Khan thinks I waffle too much, he's going straight to the questions. Read the game on Saturday. Clearly, VAR and the officials are clueless. Has the board gone out pre-Pogbury equaliser? It says, still, I suppose we've had some luck recently with VAR. Questions for you to debate. See, he waffled there before we got to the questions. Uh, he's heard there was some booing when the players took the knee for BLM. Was this fake news? Fake news. I certainly hope so. I didn't think it was booing. Wait. Do you, do you know where it came from? It ad came from someone I know, actually, called Adam McCola, who's a YouTube... Yeah, I'll give him a bit uh, of stick. ...and a, and a yeah. podcast. I know Adam, and I used to appear on uh, his uh, YouTube and, and podcast whenever West Ham played Man United. He's got a bit too big for his boots. And, look, he, he said this, and then the Daily Express then repeated it, the Daily Express took it down when they found out it wasn't true. And people keep on saying, well, do the... And I've said to him, "Do be a man, take it down, admit you were wrong. And then he goes, am I going mad? And he prints or, 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 or publishes a video going, here they are booing. But it's it's West Ham fans singing, come on, you irons. It's not booing. Stewards have said they weren't booed. The club said no one booed. Supporters have said no one booed. The players have said no one booed. Journalists but, inside oh, the ground said no one booed. Yeah, you're right. Moose said it. Um, Sam Ingersoll said it. But, oh, no oh, one well, there you go. Take it from someone that was there, people. Oh. I was not there. Sorry, I forgot. 
Sorry. I wasn't there. Don't you start. Don't you start. I can was I, not there. Can I, can I throw a cat amongst the pigeons? Go on, then. If they're still doing this when we've got a full house, do we hear booing? Well, I think we do. Well, I don't know, because there's some people believe it's political, and I don't really want to go there. I know um, Millwall have released a statement today, and if you read that statement, we could get bogged down just reading the no, statement. I, the, the, at the end of the day, if there's 60,000 people in the ground, will the section boo? Most probably, yes. But you're going to get that in society. That's a reflection of society, not a reflection of West Ham fans or, or football fans anywhere. Um, you know, you can argue what is going on. I think people, it, it means it means different things to different people. And that's what you this have is to the look problem. at. So the camp, the, the cat, every campaign has got a shelf life. Yes. And the old point of saying this should have been done before fans come back in the stadium because yeah. they could have I, made I that point with the first. Should to, to be I fair, it should have ended. I, I, I will yeah. disagree. I, I, I think it should happen for one game once all fans are back and then see where it is. I listened to Anton Ferdinand on GMTV. But, 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 but then why didn't you support other causes? I mean, obviously they were um, supporting Rainbow um well, there you uh, go, I then. Thought, I thought it was a musical week, and they put a xylophone up the back. Was, was um, that not like... And, out but you know, well, there was some abuse, because one of the things I, I printed, I, I, I printed that, you know, it was rainbow laces, and, and someone said something abusable, that who cares? And actually, West Ham answered, and this is the first time, and I thought, bravo, West Ham. They said, we care, unfollow us, which I thought, you know... Usually they wouldn't get involved in that fight, but they did. So fair play to them. Yeah. Well, well. Uh, okay. It's it's look. They don't get into the politics no. of it, right? If they're all cool, be in there. Then that's the old point. That's what people are saying. Don't get into the politics. He's going to leave it out of football. Anyway, moving right, on. Moving on. Uh, he says, uh, "Was any of us there?" Well, I wasn't. Was you there, Lynn? No. No, I won't. Sean, were you there? No. Nope. Right, move on. <clears throat> uh, stick to the plan. Uh, Sean, see, you have changed your tune on Claret and Hugh recently. You thought we would push for Europe, but you're now saying mid-table and staying up. Fickle or what? <laughs> well, two stories for the price yeah. of one. Sean. This is old journalist tale. Come on, one week I say we're pushing for a Champions League, and then we lose a game, and I go mid table obscurity, yeah. a reality check. Of course, I'm going to write two stories. Jesus, he is the archetypal flip flop. Paul, don't you know? Don't ever take anything what he says for content. Gospel. It's it yeah. gives me extra content. Uh, he says, Sean, I had a panic as I went onto the West Ham ticket site. He said, I had no memberships. He said, but I've had a season ticket for 25 plus years. Well, not that the club will know that because they lost a load of the, uh, uh, they lost, they lost they a load of the data people. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he rang the ticket off. They can go back to 2010. Yeah, that's what, yeah but that's it. 10 years. Yeah. He said, yeah. rang the ticket off. He said, season tickets would not be showing as membership. And they are making changes. Can you shed any light? I wasn't aware of this, no. but now, now we'll you look into uh, it. Thanks for bringing it to his attention. I will look into it. It's yeah. a final yeah. question of the day. Where do we think Dodsey's gone on holiday? Answers on a postcard. Um, 
Where's he gone on holiday? He, he likes he likes to get the old flesh out, so it'll be somewhere hot. <laughs> Probably. Uh, uh, I don't know. Turkey. Yeah, of course you, you can. can go on if you want, but it's whether you can put up when with you, when the... you Yeah, when you retire, it doesn't mean anything to self-isolate. You can do what you want. So there are plenty of people. You can go. I know someone who's just gone to um, St. Lucia. You know, if really? there's a lot of places like that that you just, as long as you have a private test, and you can show a private test. And, you know, Dodds has got loads of money. You can just um, have a private test well, done. Quickly. Fly Where on your he, private jet. Where do you think he's and, gone? Barbados, maybe, or St. Lucia, or one of the somewhere in the Caribbean. Well, the fact he's made a comment and they got the plane, I don't think he's gone that far. I'm guessing he's probably gone. I've noticed that the Rainbow Warrior uh, boat has moved up into the North Sea around Iceland. So I'm wondering if Dodds has gone up there and he's gone for a swim. And the old Greenpeace are making sure to protect him. <laughs> Oh, we're a bit well, well you know, watching. Watch out, them Japanese fishermen, Dodsy. You don't <laughs> want to go out gonna... where they are, mate. You're going to pay I'll for that, you. Nigel. Go on, come on, um, move on. And watch out for the Faroe Islanders because they love a bit of well, I'll tell you. But anyway, uh, I've, I'd like to point out, I think I've done well. I don't think I've said to be fair once tonight, and someone pointed out apparently – I think you I, I say, to, to be fair, I think you have. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I do say that a lot by the sounds of it. To be, to be fair. fair. Yeah. Uh, it's made Marion, old Dylan himself, uh question for Sean. Do you think Nigel should be concerned that West Ham could utilise the Liverpool model of game attendance, whereby only Liverpool locals can attend games? And if this occurs, Nigel will have to admit to being an out-of-towner. It's not a question, question, Yeah. He yeah. said, do you think should West Ham would utilise the Liverpool model of game attendance? I don't understand. I don't Basically, yeah, yeah understand. Liverpool, Liverpool had to restrict attendances. Oh, okay. To Liverpool. All right to put Liverpool postcodes. Postcodes only. I did send that to the club, by the way, that you sent me. Yeah. Um, and only they've no. got only 6,000 season ticket holders within the confines in, Liverpool. of Liverpool, where Everton well, your... 24,000. Right, so using your, you'd have to have an E yes. postcode, yeah, right? right yeah. That's that you is out. me out, yes. Uh, let's see, that's me out as well. Uh, Len, that's you out. But I do have a backup. Oh, <laughs> you're going to change. Hang on, you're going to change to your mum's address, aren't you? You're going to change on the season ticket to your mum's address. What a bloody good I idea that is! Can I change your mum's address? I've uh, done that with 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 my secondary season ticket. Uh, oh, what a clever idea! Dear Nikki yeah. K, Nigel Carter. Actually, I've just had someone email me. Let me just tell you this. It's not to the show, but it's it's quite relevant. So um, this guy um, has got a problem. His name's Ryan Jay, and and he made me aware um, that he he basically lives in in um, now where is it called? Is it Welling? Yeah, he lives in DA sixteen, 
well in. That's right? well in. But it's yeah, yeah, well in. Well, it's not, it's not in Kent. It's it's not in Kent. It's, it's the London the Borough of Bexley. No, so it's in tier it's, two. Yeah, it's not that's in right. Kent. It's, it comes under London. It's London Kent. Right. So what's happened is, is oh, he said he. He's been excluded from no, the ballot be. for being in tier yeah, three. He's not. And he's saying, I'm not in Kent. I'm in the London Borough That's of right. Bexley. So he contacted the um, the ticket office and he says, still no reply. So I contact the ticket office. I even wrote a story about it. Of course I did. And he's written to me tonight. Still got no reply from West Ham. If London Kent fans will be allowed in future ballots. Have you had any response? Thanks for your help. So I mean that would be like Essex no, being haven't. put in tier three and people in Romford um being excluded. Now while I do call Romford Essex, it's sort of London Essex, isn't it? Because it's yeah. in we will fight for London Kent. We will fight yeah. for the people of, of Welling uh, to get so them included the, the in Ken, the ballot. The Don't Ken you worry, that Ryan. Starts, I believe it starts from Dartford. So I think yeah, but he's definitely no, yeah, in tier he's, two. He's he in tier two. So I think if you're in if you're in Crayford, I think you're all right. Now Crayford and Dartford are literally next door to each other. But I'm pretty sure that's where the border is, that Dartford will come under tier three and Crayford's in tier two. Equally, we had stories of uh, a Welsh woman who was included, um, even though she couldn't come, and she told the ticket office and told not to worry about it. We yeah, had uh, another one, an, an auntie who was who a six, an under sixteen year old was split up from their parent. Had a few of those being told because they just randomly attached them to another adult in the group, even if they weren't in the same household. Um, uh, uh, and various other reports of of anomalies in the ballot, but but hopefully they get it right for the next one. I have fed it back to the club. Oh, good. Anyway. Uh, next up, he's, he's put a question for Nigel. Sean has now stated his senior source. He's a senior source group. Do you think for clarity, rather than just using a generic term, it'd be easier to divulge the name each time? Well, you know, in, in with the fact that he believes in transparency, apparently. Uh, Look, it's, it's far easier to say who doesn't talk to me in senior management at the board. Far easier. Yeah. I can say on record, Trips Smith is not one of my senior sources. Yeah. Terry Brown is not one of my senior sources. Uh, he's put question for Len. Okay. Uh, do you think Sean has spent my £200 on Christmas presents for his kids, or is it stowed away in a biscuit tin until we do a Vera Lynn? Which is put... We're meet yeah. again. Don't know oh, where. Oh, Don't know do you where. know what? I think Sean's, there's a lot you can say about Sean, but I think he'll be trustworthy on that score. Yeah, right. No, you don't agree? Uh, I think you'll see your 200. Yeah, do you reckon? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll see mine. I don't know about that. Anyway, uh, he's put, due to Nigel's failure to pronounce last week's Welsh cheese name, which he did give me Welsh lessons after, Wachida. Uh, I'm so glad I don't like pan is gone organic goat's cheese. Pan, P A N T, pan. How do you pronounce this word? Y S G A W N. Is gone. 
Sigourney. Don't know. Mate, they're Welsh. They're funny, aren't they? Let's come up with a language that baffles everyone. Scrap the consonants, just you, or scrap the vowels. We we'll just use consonants. Uh, next up, I've got to flip through some we've had, some we haven't. Did did, did did you have the message or messenger from the the bog trotter or whatever you call them? Uh, yeah, I'll go to him. Don't worry. All right. Okay. Uh, I just we've had that. We've had that. Oh, um, Russ just said evening, gents. Last week's pod was so long. He's just finished listening. No question. Just wanted to say hi. Don't waste our uh, time, no, then. You know, dear, oh dear. Doesn't get the drift of its question time. Uh, Flow Rider, we've done. Bell, we've done. Stuart Ling, we've done. Ian Gravitt, we've done. Uh, 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 Marcus, we've done. Stelios, we've done. Scotland, we've done. Dave Trevitt. He says, Brady out. Brady out. Brady out. Uh, there you go. Uh, Good. Any any Twitter? Twitter? Yes, there Twitter. was on Twitter. Old fire for me, me old China. Uh, got nowhere else to go. I mean, come shut on, shut up, you. I got. A, I should line these up, really, innit? it? Well, I've had to do it. You'll have to forgive me because I wanted to keep Andy's questions together. I had to skip through and and, and go back. So please forgive me if I have. Um, oh, loads of people, a few people followed me. I don't know why. Uh, uh, Dan, uh, Dan 31 60 43 40. Um, it makes you wonder who Dan 31 60 43 41 is, really. But obviously, this is 40. He said, uh, Do we need a whip round to raise 50 bags of sand for the FA Cup away game travel? It's a fair question. Yeah. We'll put it to the senior sauce. Uh, and what does Sean put in his bacon sandwich? Red, brown, or senior sauce? <laughs> what do you reckon? You, you're a bacon. You're you're likely to put red, knowing you. Yeah, yeah. I do absolutely. But of course, bacon is brown, sausage is red. Them sort of. That's how I that's do right. It. So it just sums it up, doesn't it? Bloody. And he's put devil with tits out. That's the only thing I'd, I really agreed with. Um, who, who was it that said that? Ben, ben McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, it was spot on there, wasn't it? Well, she got much tits, so I never really noticed. Uh, well, the, the, uh, what I did garnish from the sitting in front of her in the SAB meetings, that she only had two good things going for her, and they were called left and right. Oh, well, that is, <laughs> that is just damn right <laughs> insulting. <laughs> It's sexist. It, it just again. I'd like to apologise for my fellow sexist host. And I, I just, you know, we may have our differences, but she's a human being, and I, I really object to that. You know, I just. Well, you know, you rise above it. Rise above it, boys. Come on. I tell no just because you're in town, as you weren't taught any better. That's that's no reason to discriminate against someone's sex. I haven't said anything. No, I never mentioned left or right. Uh, oh, Southampton are winning 2-1, people. Is it really nearly 10 o'clock? Oh, my life. Yeah, yeah come on. Right. Are we no, I'm going to bring up the old bog charter because it was funny. Uh, Who said bog charter? Hold up, hold up. I've got to... F- 
it's hard to bring up no, it was shown, no. It? Uh, it was summer last week wasn't it here we go Sean his name was Pat Carty and his message has disappeared where's his message gone Uh, let's just check on uh, while he's waiting let's just do your prediction yeah I'm going to give you the first no, chance it. Len on 1-0 West Ham alright right. Pat Carty he said can I make a suggestion for tonight's podcast chappies I'll just point out he sent this in on Sunday yeah he says bit of history he says I'm a bog trotter ha 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 you know what we say about Irish people people Tonight's podcast, he did it on Sunday. We always record on a Monday. Never mind, Pat. Thanks for getting in touch. But he was originally born in the East End Maternity, which uh, is Stepney, I believe. And he spent his youth in the Roman uh, Collier Row via Hoxton. So he's gone from East London to via North London to Essex. Season ticket holder for many years. He did the 65 Cup final uh, and was there for the other two in the Cup Winners Cup final. Uh, with 64 Cup final, did the Cup Winners Cup final. He's digress, he says. My way of watching football since moving over is obviously streaming. But then I jump on the social media at half-time, full-time. It's been unreal this year in my eyes. We've always been fickle. He said, oh, for fifth's sake, he says, it's almost hate now. The the the, the better Haller has got, the higher the vitriol, and the muck thrown at four nails is ridiculous. Uh, we, we'll only notice his worth when he isn't playing, in my opinion. Barami two assists, he's nowhere dribbles, or a reason to drop at a 90-minute player. I'm not convinced by him for his all-round contribution Nothing other than this. So he's not. He's, he, I, I get what Pat's saying there. Is you know he's come on. He set up two goals, but actually he didn't do anything really else, did he? Uh, in in the games, he said he did bowl once, yeah. but he had cancer at the time. Was a bit rough, but it was the Juve game. So he's only he was back in 2016. Uh, hope for you boys, it improves but it was a piss that day. More the fact I couldn't get out of the area than the actual stadium. He says, sorry to drag on, but I have been a hammer for many years and I'm on my Sunday piss up, which explains a lot, Pat, to be fair. And that's why I wanted to read it out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah, fine. He says, it's got to be done. Some traditions can't be broke. By the way, I'm happy if you want to read this. Just thought I'd get in early. You did very well, Pat, and very welcome. well, um, your prediction, Nigel. Uh, I think two all draw. Goals are fun. Okay, people. you've taken you've taken one nil. I will go. I'll go two nil. Actually, I'll go two nil for West Ham. I've uh, oh, by the way, Super Six catching up in your bit. Scored twelve points yeah. at the weekend to your six, Nigel. So getting there it's in the top twenty. I've been Sean, and he is long gone. Um, Len has been... Relatively quiet. Nigel has been... Uh, yeah. Come on, you irons. Got another um, episode of uh, a propaganda later this week, so watch out for that. 
Who was your victim this time? Uh, Anton from Orange United. Out of town. You'll find out if you listen. We never asked his surname. Bye. Uh, Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.